All right, guys, listen up. Okay. We're going live to tape in five, four, three, two. God dang. Call Up Promotion presents the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Starring Ed Grand Tommy Martinez and Mr. Adam Tate. Executive producer Shay Big Bubba Martinez. And now, here's the greatest podcast, according to them, the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. <laughs> Excellent. I like it. <laughs> welcome and welcome to the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 28. And that voice you heard is that of El Gran Tommy Martinez. And that voice you just heard is that of my rock and roll brother and the humblest dude that I know on planet Earth, Mr. Adam Tate, what is going on, Adam? Tommy, I wasn't sure that I was going to make it here, actually. Mm. I had, I got my second dose of the shot thing uh, like a day of the COVID and one? a half ago or something like that of the COVID one where I got my uh, my tracking device implanted and all that stuff. <laughs> I, and, I, and I heard that like, the second one kind of wrecks people and it kind of makes them sick, right, and makes right, them feel right. bad or something. But uh, this guy was an expert. He like went around behind me to my arm. He kind of did a little alcohol wipe. I felt a little... <laughs> 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 And I didn't even feel the plunger being depressed. Nothing. Where, where'd you go for this one? I went to the uh, downtown old library. Oh, so you went to the county one. Yeah. Yeah, that's where Awilda went. She actually went to that one. Yeah, but this guy was a pro. I thought he just stabbed me with a pin. They I mean, still, he didn't even put anything inside of me. Was it, still, was, was it still the National Guard guys? Uh, I don't know. It just looked like a regular nurse dude. Oh, A dude okay. nurse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm uh, I'm. I'm fully vaccinated, <laughs> except in a few months I have to get a third shot. That's uh, uh, what I hear in the news today from the Pfizer guy. Really? Is it Pfizer or is it? I think I got a Pfizer. They're working some kind of mess out with uh, like the Johnson one, the Johnson and Johnson one. The Johnson shot is no good. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want the Johnson shot. Well, it looks like a giant Johnson. I didn't want a Johnson either. <laughs> <laughs> We said, we said, I think we covered it. But I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Are you're fully vaccinated, right? I, yeah, the the week that you were supposed to go to Puerto Rico ended up going to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That I also hijacked the show. Yeah. I went the day before that Friday. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, I had the Moderna. I went and got mine at the VA. It showed up. It wasn't nothing like the first one. The first one oh. was easy peasy. I didn't feel anything. Okay. I waited my 15 minutes, whatever, and I was out the door. And then the day after, I was with Aaron, you know, doing my uh, my base thing. And I had a little bit of the chills. I don't even know if we talked. We talk, I think you talked about yours. I don't know if I talked about mine or not. But anyway, I got some chills, a little fever mm-hmm. that night. By 3 o'clock in the morning, I was done. I was good to go. But my arm was hurting oh. for about four days. Wow. But hurting like it was, I knew they had given me a shot. But it wasn't like critical or anything like that. You probably got the real vaccine. I just got like vaccine light. (laughs) You got the what is it? The The placebo. uh, The placebo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Got like salt water. Yeah. (laughs) And then for my second one, I went in, show you know, did my thing, went 
through the whole protocol that you got to go through to actually go and get the shot. And the lady sat me down, dude, and I was, you know, ready not to feel anything like the first one. I felt this burn coming down my arm. I said, shit. Felt it go down all the way down my forearm. Holy crap. And I said, man, I wonder if I'm going to turn into some kind of superhuman mutant now. You I, know? Felt, I felt nothing like that. And she said, no, that's nothing because that's the medicine as it's traveling down and coming back up. Let that medicine get in there to the yeah. bone. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, okay, cool. <laughs> she <laughs> no, shot you with robotism. Yeah, that was my whole yeah, <laughs> that was my whole thing. That's what I was thinking. And then uh, I said, oh, wow, this, is, this was different. You know, that's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. That evening, dude, I say bye. I don't know. Came home really fast, mowed the lawn. Okay. And I'd say by seven, my arm was in mega pain. I couldn't lift Holy. my arm up halfway up sideways. Holy like like if I was if there was a chicken dance contest or something, there was no way I was going to enter It would be that. a one-winged chicken. That would have been a one-winged dude, yeah. <laughs> so then that, that was Friday. On Saturday, I felt very, very, very tired. I didn't have any flu-like symptoms right. like the first time. And then my arm hurt like crazy still that day. Then on Sunday, the same. And by Monday, dude, I was good to go. I bet if you... I was still tired the whole week. For some reason, I was just tired. It wasn't a bad experience. It was different from the first one, I could tell you that. And the way I understand a lot of people have different reactions to it. So yeah. it just depends who you are. It depends what your genetics are, what your physiology is, whatever mm-hmm. it may... All that, I guess, goes into the the reaction. General terms, uh, what you're supposed to feel, that was me. I don't know how you were feeling, but that was me. And I didn't end up in the hospital like, you know, unfortunately, some people do. Really? So From the you, vaccine? There are some people that have ended oh. up... Up in the hospital, yeah, Jeez. absolutely, yeah. Count yourself lucky. You it know? sounds like your what was it? Your right arm. Your right arm is totally protected. <laughs> like it's never going to get COVID in that arm. Yeah, it doesn't. Even no. if it gets in the rest of you, that arm is going to fight it off. Well, here's the deal: though. I'm left-handed, so there was no way I could, that would have put me down for the count. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and what was it? Well, Saturday was when I recorded the podcast with Kenny, mm-hmm. and I was pushing all kinds of buttons all at the same time. I had an injured wing. <laughs> You know, and this is, and my right side is where I hit the tablet and everything else. So it's like, oh, but it, I soldiered through it for the. <laughs> this is real exercise. Yeah, people don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah I soldiered through it for the purpose of entertainment. For, 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 I can touch that button. Yeah. <laughs> All for the sake of art <laughs> and bullshitting on this microphone. That's what you do best. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a job. Hey, did I tell you I got a job offered? I, you know, I sat down here. I was busy all day long. I opened up. I accidentally opened up my Facebook, and the first post I saw was something from you, and it said something. I read the first line of it about a job offer, but I didn't read the rest of it. What happened? Uh, a friend of mine has a business here in town, okay. and he travels. Vending out. machines? It's <laughs> no, fuck that. No, no. it's not vending machines. <laughs> okay. It's uh, he. He does a, a windshield window repair, and also he does hail storm damage uh-huh. on vehicles and whatnot. So he travels to the states wherever there's a storm. He does the actual repair. He does. Or he the, does yeah, like he, the assessment of the damage. No, he does the actual repair. He does the he has that, safe that, flight repair, yeah, safe no. flight replace, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah his business is called a PR Auto Glass. My buddy Eric, uh, you want to call him? You want to contact him? Uh, just let us know. Yeah, shoot us an email at uh, Tommy and Adam Pod at gmail.com. Little free promo for him. You know how it is. <laughs> sure. Anyway, Van yeah. has is, has all everything that he needs to do all that. Long story short is, uh, he sent me a note. Then I called him and he says to me, You know, Tommy, what's going on? You know, what are you doing? And I'm like, What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast <laughs> available <laughs> on Spotify, Apple <laughs> Podcast app, RSS Podcast, Castbox. And Himalaya. Himalaya. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of your favorite DSP. 
He didn't he, know this? And then he said, no, really. <laughs> Surely he knew this. Get a job, you bum. <laughs> oh, no. said, this is my job. You know, this is what I do. <laughs> Don't you know I'm retired? <laughs> so, so he saw an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, offered me a job. And I said, I, you know, I'm good. Man. Nobody in all seriousness, he did. And, and uh, I was very flattered. I said, well, how cool, you know? So I, you know, for, for a chance to go screwing around state to state and get away from these rocks that state I would, to state? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And so wherever there's a storm, I'm like, come on, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Colorado, you know. So, so you should have went for like one day of training and showed up with like your back brace <laughs> and your knee pads <laughs> and your gloves. No, I think and, it was more like workout. I think he, I think he wanted me like to manage like the phone and things like that. So oh. the administrative part of oh, it. Oh, the so office yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's your specialty. No. <laughs> I'm, reti- I'm, re- I'm retired of that. That's, what, that's what you no, did. No, that created too much stress in my life. Man. You're a chairborn soldier. I know, but <laughs> it cre- created too much stress. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Sarge, oh, I need somebody to review my promotion packet. So you're not going to promote it. You're a dud. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, that's that, no stress. That's that was, pretty easy. That was my counseling. <laughs> you're, a, you're a dud. <laughs> it would liberate me from this yard work. Yeah, wanna, that's true. You know, but no, no, no. I said, yeah, I have a job already. I have a, I have my wife. She's <laughs> making me work no, on, the, on the yard and the garden and everything else. Sorry, buddy. You're overemployed. Yes, exactly. I'm doing what I need. I honestly did not know what to say. I said, wow. If you're looking for one, it probably never show up. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, you know, if you know, if I knew somebody, you get know, a job, you bum. I said, sure. <laughs> okay. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But great guy, Eric. I love you, dude. You know the deal. So <laughs> I appreciate that very much, you know. But yeah, that, that's what basically happened. So you can just be sitting at home on your couch and these offers just come to you. Just because maybe be heard, he heard the podcast and he right. said, this guy would be a good office manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we'll talk about Instagram models and. Well, you, need, you need something to do between phone calls. Well, you know, I could probably send you some videos of the candidates that could be for IG model. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Adam, what do you think about this? Since, uh, since uh, Godzilla, <laughs> he, uh, he's taken over from Agent X3. He, Agent X3 isn't sending no, in anything No, anymore. Agent X3 is back this week, just oh. FYI. Oh, okay. So you guys got you to get a sticker on. Don't fast forward it, damn it. I thought you were going to offer it. I know a guy, Agent X3. He could do your glass work. <laughs> <laughs> he can. <coughs> Adam, good morning, buddy. Good morning, Tommy. Oh, wow. Today is uh, April the 17th, baby. That is. And that's some Nirvana. Big cheese. Big cheese, baby. I, I know we played this before. Yes. There's no other way I would have heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big cheese. And today is, Adam. Oh, the national day is? It is National yeah. Cheese Ball Day. <laughs> so it must be fashioned into a ball. Is yes, that what you're saying? That's right. Actually, when I saw it, I thought, I thought for a minute it was going to be like cheese puff ball. You know, that kind of. Oh, well, that is a ball. It is and a ball, And it's supposed yeah. to have at least uh, fake cheese or a yeah, cheese, cheese-like powder. component. It, well, you know, it's not that fake because those cheese balls are kind of fuzzy. <laughs> When it comes to turning your balls, always use the right to do the job. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't like the fuss on my <laughs> cheese balls. <laughs> 
Now, I would imagine that this would be more around the holidays, because I think around the holidays is when people set out, like, the, the tray of crackers and the cheese ball that you would, like, dip, you know? It has, like, the 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 uh, nuts that are around the ball. <laughs> Fuzz and nuts! <laughs> Lady, do you have a dirty mind? Enjoy your cheese ball! <laughs> I don't think of that as a springtime. I think of that around the holidays. I'm glad you say that, because cheese balls are not just for the holidays. Well, obviously, we're, you know, we're having a cheese ball there's day. There's a national cheese ball day, April. and it's not in December so or November. April the 17th kicks off National Cheese Ball Day, and it recognizes a party food that can sometimes be the centerpiece of the spread. I saw spread, and I kind of like got distracted. Now, is this how you re- replied to your job offer? You said, no way, cheese ball. <laughs> No, no. Oh, okay. It, it was all in Spanish, and there was not there was words in there that are inappropriate even for this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> there are two ways a cheese ball can be served, Adam. Two ways? There's two ways, just not one. Two ways. Okay. A cheese spread comes in the shape of a ball served, just like you said, with crackers, right? Absolutely. Most often around Christmas. Thank you. In the U.S. Hold Thank up. You. Now, oh. stop. Don't celebrate all the... <laughs> it's, not a touch, it's not a touchdown, okay? You're affirming everything that I've already said. <laughs> the cheese ball is commonly made with softened cream cheese and other ingredients. Okay. You know. Sounds right. Okay, the second way. Cheese balls. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was right, too. Cheese puffs. Oh, cheese puffs. So there's two of them. There we go. So they fell under one category. Now, this couldn't be the <coughs> the puffed Cheetos because the Cheeto has that cylindrical shape. That would not work. You'd have to get the, the cone or the, the cylinder that has the, the balls in it. Yes. I got right. you. The cheese balls, which is a puff corn snack. <coughs> coated with a mixture of cheese or cheese-flavored powders. Exactly. Cheese puffs are manufactured by extruding heated corn dough through a die that forms a particular shape, most likely a ball shape. It could extruded also be corn that's dough. That's what it says, man. The yeah. Hell? But we saw that in that. Uh, what was it? That one show. Uh, I no, we didn't. We didn't saw it. I know I saw it. It was that show that uh, Mark uh, Mark Summers Mark, Mark Summers has. Yeah, how it's made or something like that. Some crap like that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. go into like uh, one of the uh, major snack companies' factories. I think it was somewhere. I want to say maybe it's called Why Am I Fat. <laughs> Let's go to the candy makers. No, no, Let's go no, to the cheese ball makers. No, it was, that wasn't the episode. The, the why am I fat are a little bit above the ingredients that you can see when you read in the bag. If you read the bag, but nobody cares to read anymore, no. so you'll never figure out why you're fat. You know, I know why I'm fat. Yeah, because I eat a lot of it. No matter which one you celebrate, Adam, mm-hmm. both make for terrific snacking. Uh, we just done cheese balls for not only Christmas, dude. She's anything we've done here for birthday parties, stuff like that. She's prepared cheese balls. Really? Yeah. I think the last time we had cheese balls, they become like uh, projectiles. <laughs> and between my daughter and I, you just throw at each we other. throw them at each other to try to catch them in their mouth. And then the wife never repurchases them because she doesn't like all the projectiles, like <laughs> cheese balls, or grapes, uh, or uh, things like uh, this. Uh, 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 yeah, that is very annoying, <laughs> especially <laughs> as you shoot it across your table. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. no. It's usually... I'm in the living room and she's in the kitchen <laughs> and she said, "I dropped this on the floor." There's Do a you want it? And you're, yes, <laughs> try it. Ah. <laughs> I now I know how you guys bond. 
<laughs> and the funny thing is, you said last week she had a complaint. You had a complaint. So I can see. I can father and father daughter and combination. We're yeah. on the same level. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no matter which one you celebrate, Adam, both uh-huh. make for terrific snacking, dude. So yeah, it does. I think I would choose the the Christmas time, the the dip version, where you start to hollow it out. You turn it into the uh, the Death Star, where, <laughs> where you take a little scoop out of it. You know, you, yeah. you, you get that little <laughs> get that little shape. Yeah, yeah, take it yeah, out of yeah. It. yeah. So how do you observe, uh, Adam? Cheese Ball Day? National Cheese Ball Day. What are the chances you'll know <laughs> well, <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast? What you do is you cut a hole <laughs> in a piece of plywood, and you stick your head through it. And then you put two big cheese balls right beside your face, and then all the little puff balls around, around your head. Okay, like a bucket. And then you take a picture. Oh, and what will you do with that picture, Adam? <laughs> You're going to hashtag it with uh, National Cheese Ball Day. Well, you're close, but not Because really. the person actually in the picture is also a cheese ball. <laughs> well, let's leave it at that then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And that was National Day, Adam, if you didn't figure that one out. <laughs> Hashtag everything you want, man. And this is Deep Purple, and we're space trucking. Mm. Just keeps going. People, keeps going, man. People give so much importance to smoke on the water. And, and space trucking gets kind of like lost in translation. They have a lot of good shit. Uh, yeah. Highway star. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Woman from Tokyo. And yeah. <laughs> no, but but uh, what was the one you mentioned before? I Highway star. Highway star. Got a got a uh, was revived with one of the video games, I believe. Oh really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're probably right. So anyway. Adam, today in history, buddy, okay. brought to you by history.com. This is where it came off of. Okay. And in uh, today in 1970, April the 17th, 1970, Adam, okay. the Apollo 13 mm-hmm. returned to Earth. Really? But it never really accomplished its mission. With the worldly with the world anxiously watching, Adam. Apollo 13. Is this a, where it does it splash <clears throat> down in the ocean? Yeah. Okay. A U.S. lunar spacecraft uh, a U.S. lunar spacecraft that suffered a severe malfunction on its journey to the moon safely returned oh, to oh, Earth. Oh, 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 okay. Yes, yeah. 13. It was a manned mission, dude. And it's... Uh, the disaster struck at 2,000 miles from Earth when oxygen tank number two mm-hmm. blew up, dude. It's always number two. <laughs> well, you know, I can see that because you're doing number two and then <laughs> you start blowing up afterwards. You got some like gas in between. More, it's more methane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not before or after. It's like in the middle. You know? It's like <laughs> boom. <laughs> and that that's where the the uh quote that says Houston we have a problem uh, we'd we'd have Jim, a problem yeah. Jim Lovell was that that was uh Tom Hanks in the movie adaptation of this yes the real Jim Lovell? yeah the real the real quote is Houston we've had a problem here that's the actual quote itself okay not the Houston we have a problem yes, man, so that is a problem in the zone you know 200,000 miles away from home 
you know, oxygen tank blows up, dude. And uh, you think you're going to land on the moon? You're going to do your little your little spacewalk out there? But uh, to save everything, you have to have teams of scientists trying to figure out how we're going to manufacture a way to get you back to Earth. Oh, my God. It was immediately discovered, dude, that the normal supply of oxygen, electricity, light, and water had been disrupted, dude, mm -hmm. on this mission. So, wow. You know, you can imagine you're driving your car. You're only about a mile away from your house, and it breaks down. You shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> And you have atmosphere that you can breathe. <laughs> you, you have cell phone service. That you, you know, can call that's, that's called putting it in perspective. You know, no I'm, kidding. I'm like, hey, you know, the balls these guys have. Oh, you know, they're the size of cheese balls. You've probably. seen the movie, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were flying through there and they had to conserve all their, their power, so they had to cycle off all the heaters. Man. And they're just in a tin can floating through space, all this condens all this freezing of everywhere. Oh, my God. They got no. Got no winter wear, dude. <laughs> the balls these guys had, man. The land, the landing mission was aborted, obviously, and the astronauts and controllers on Earth scrambled to come up with emergency procedures, man, immediately. Yes. So yeah. that was pretty. That's uh, that's not building the plane as it flies. That was trying to land that sucker. You're trying with, to, you have un, without it blowing up. You have unskilled workers. Try, you're trying to tell them how to repair yeah, this yes, thing. Never ever had this happen. So these guys were the the originals. <laughs> So it says the crippled spacecraft continued to the moon, circled it, and began a long, cold journey back to Earth. Yes, I guess that's the part of the movie that we were that we were watching. The astronauts and mission control were faced with enormous logistical problems in stabilizing the the. What would mission control? I, that's the part that I don't get. What did they do? Like they were reading schematics and you know telling it to these guys up there because I mean I wouldn't know what they're. You know, these are the guys up there trying to turn wrenches and look what they're, you know, what's going on. And I mean, it had to be, you know, you just had to like shut off for a minute and go, no way. You dude. had every, you have different teams and part of different components on the craft and you had to coordinate between all these different teams. And you say, oh, we need more power. We need, we need more material. What can we salvage off of this system to use it on this system oh, to, wow. to scrub the air, to make new air scrubbers and things. And I mean, this is just from the movie, but. It was like a total team effort. Nobody slept for m days and days, and miraculously, they all survived. And there was a point in the movie, <laughs> again, my point of reference, that they were like, the president wants. Well, you don't read. You the, don't. The president. You don't read. So no, yeah, I'm that's not gonna it. Do that. <laughs> well, I, 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 I've yeah. retained so much from the movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but the uh, the president did, like contacted people at NASA, and they want what, what's your statement on you know when when they die, you know how are we gonna word this thing like hey get that out of my face nobody's gonna die here oh wow yeah very cool yes very very cool anyway uh navigation was the other problem there uh, adam not only finding those components and trying to figure where they're gonna siphon this or reroute that mm -hmm. and this is not off the movie this is off of history.com i'll tell you the movie part <laughs> okay <laughs> just make sure that you correct the the history part okay. with whatever I you will. saw in the movie okay? i will i will, I will. <laughs> with quotes from you know tom hanks would be good too uh -huh. <clears throat> Since navigation was the other problem, the Apollo 13's course had to repeatedly be corrected with dramatic and untested maneuvers. They only had a small, small windows that they could oh. see out of, and they had to keep like the Earth in in a particular window, and they had to fire the thrusters, and also had to direct it to try to keep the Earth in the window, like that would keep them on the on the trail, on the track. They, but they had to correct it, but only with the 
the visible earth in the window, you know? Wow. That's insane. Yes. Not too long ago, I was in the Cosmosphere, and I had a chance to look out as if I was in that capsule. That very capsule? Apollo 13? No, no, no. It was probably just a replica or something. Oh, okay. But you could kind of like look through this little window. Now that you say that, I actually could feel it. I could close my eyes and see the Pacific Ocean as I'm plumbing it down to it. Mm-hmm. And splash down, bam, there they are right there. Yes. Those three guys were... Uh, were safe and sound and another adventure in history and fiction. <laughs> Good movie. In a future episode, it'll be a movie review. <laughs> I doubt that. Adam, what do we got here, man? This is the offspring, and they're coming out swinging. Woohoo! That sounds like a fight. And... Today is sports history, Adam. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also brought to you by history.com and thisdayinhistory.com slash sports. I saw the title of this song and I said, what's the baseball fact? I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a baseball fact because we're coming out swinging. We're swinging the bat on, on National jo- Joy of Bats Day. Well, <laughs> we're actually swinging with our, with our arms with our and fists. fists. Okay. <laughs> so you missed that one. Sorry. You can't always get it right. Yeah, I messed up. 1860, Adam. 1860. 1860. Okay. Okay. On April the 17th. We haven't even started the Civil War at this check time. Check this out. Just oh check this out. Not oh. even in this country either. Oh, okay. But it's a sports history fact. The first world championship boxing match took place on this day. Okay. Not in a grand stadium like the Madison Square Garden. Backyard brawls? Yeah, none of that stuff. It was... uh. Ah, uh, it was in an open field in southern England. Now okay. check this out. Here's what makes this out. The contenders were a 25-year-old, an All-American champion, and England's other dude, which was 34 years old. And he was a, you know, good fighter as well. Okay. They went at him. Okay. 48 rounds, dude. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I'm not just going to come pick some shitty. Oh, um, 48 I'm not, yeah, I'm rounds? Not gonna, I'm not going to pick some shitty thing. Mike. 48 rounds. Oh, by the way, uh-huh. this is also a bare-knuckle fight. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which was illegal. Oh. But this was sanctioned by somebody. God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 48 rounds. Now, were the conditions of the fight, were they, uh, we're going to have as many rounds as it takes to get a knockout? Or do we have, this is going to be a 48-round <laughs> round bout? <laughs> It had to have been ended by a knockout. We're not going to end at 48. Who won, well, who won this he says pugilistic? That, it was, like I told you, it was a bare-knuckle fight. Okay. And many spectators having arrived by special trains from London. So there was they had promoted this fight. They were said to include uh, writers Charles Dickens and uh, William Thackeray, as well as the Prime Minister Henry John Temple. So that wouldn't stop them from coming. Okay. And even the 18-year-old Prince of Wales destined to become King Edward. And the two men fought uh, on for an astonishing and brutal two hours and 27 minutes. Mm. That's how long it took. And then the, the police <laughs> stormed the ring and brought proceedings to an end with the crowd. And well, the there wasn't even a winner? Feeling, fleeing to escape arrest. So everybody hauled ass. And so there wasn't even a winner to this bout? Winner, oh, yeah. my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> the fight was declared a draw, and the <sighs> men were each paid 200 pounds for their pains. Neither fought again, and both died <laughs> while still... <laughs> 
<laughs> While they were both in their 30s, Adam. Oh, my God. Today, it's today. I've had to start paying attention. The brains were scrambled. <laughs> I thought I'd stop writing. I said, what the hell? <laughs> I fucked up the notes. <laughs> Adam, today is sports history, buddy. And I mean, excuse me, in rock history. Yes. Can't you hear the rock? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Today in rock history is presented by history.com. Today in music.com. Songfacts.com slash history. Yes. 1960 deuce, Adam. 62. Yes, 1962. Okay. The Beatles began their legendary stint. At the New Star Club in Hamburg, Germany. Hamburg, Germany. Right. They spent many a night in Perfor- Germany performing. Let's check this out, dude. Okay. Performing three to four hours a night for 48 days, man. <laughs> wow. With only one day off. That's almost more grueling than 48 rounds of somebody <laughs> punching me with their bare and, fist. And both... <laughs> And both of them were in England. Well, we're no, England no, one related. Was in <laughs> one was in Germany. Well, they were they were the champs. So you're oh. right. I had fucked that up too. <laughs> I better get my my sharpness going here tonight. Yeah, this is where they really cut their teeth. This is where they really became better musicians. They, I think they credited this time in Germany to really honing their inspire, skills. Yeah, to hone their skills and inspire their writings. Yeah. Wow, very cool. Mm-hmm. So you're paying the price for rock and roll. I'm sure it is not that difficult. Compared to uh, boxing <laughs> with bare knuckles, I would I would say no. They probably <laughs> leave at the end of the night with a, a couple of young ladies. They didn't die in their thirties. <laughs> they didn't die in their thirties. <laughs> they had some fun while they were doing it. Yeah, I thought that's pretty cool. That they they logged a hundred and seventy two hours of that performance, dude. But three three or to four hours a night. Oh my god! When they returned to England, dude. Multiple sets, right? Yes. Multiple sets. Multiple sets. sets. Yes, they returned to England. Mm-hmm. And by then, dude, the word of them they got out. having done this and having grown that popularity in uh, the country that had just bombed their country, no, 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 yeah. little, a little bit sure. less than twenty years earlier, right? You know, they welcomed they welcomed back as heroes back in uh, England. Well, you know, not heroes because they would be the they would be stars if they would be anything, you know, right? So yeah, man. had nobody ever done anything like this before, where they went off to a venue, another country, or something, and really played nonstop for uh, days know, and days and days. I really don't know. This is live music. Is there a possibility of another band having done this that is obscure and nobody ever knows about? And the reason being their fame, them, them being their insane fame, somebody decided to go into the logs and figure what this what this is. If I am uh, correct mm-hmm. in my assessment of what goes on in these clubs in Europe, these clubs in Europe are dinky little clubs yeah. that are no bigger than barleycorns here. I think. And they're, they're stuck in these old buildings, so they're made these little cubby holes. And that's where they're served with uh, with beer and, and right. these little stages that hardly anybody. Now again, what is the the capacity of this venue, the Star Club? I, think, I have no idea. I I never, think I've, seen I've never cared enough to actually look that up. Images of the Beatles on stage in Germany. So it would be maybe the, at this venue, and the the image that I saw, it essentially looked like a bunker. It had like yeah. it had like a uh, a rounded ceiling. 
there, it looked like it was brick or tile or something. And it was like, it was like you were in like a brick tube and it was just like a, a channel. So all the, the audience was lined up right in front of the stage at the back of this brick tube. I, I, if that's the, the, the right thing that I was looking at. Whenever I watch an action movie, like either filmed in Prague or anywhere in Europe, and they're running around through these little, these little alleys and tunnels. And yeah. The, that's what it always reminds yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah. soon you're running to some band playing and some little pub. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always think. Oh, they're the Beatles. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Settle down, class. It's this week's rockin' higher education lesson on Led Zeppelin 101 with Professor Adam Lee Tate. What is this? Yeah! <laughs> Tommy, what have you done? <laughs> what is that? I told you. <laughs> I gave you a warning. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to hear it again? You want to hear it again? <laughs> yeah, I will hear it again. Trust me. I will hear it again. 1970, Adam. Oh, shit. I got to know shit now. Okay. 90, you're the pro- you're Professor Adam Lee Tate. <laughs> I have a very, a very specific major that I majored in at the university. <laughs> On April the 5th, 1970, it's the first sellout of the Montreal Forum. Okay. Thanks to Led, Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Oh, of course. Now, think about this. Okay. 1970. Yes. Right? Yes. A lot of indoor venues. Of course. Weren't being used for rock shows. A lot of it was outside. Okay. There were smaller. There were festivals and things like this. But this Canadian, this French-Canadian Stadium had a capacity in 1970 for close to 18,000 fans. So that was a real full arena size. Yes, show. sir. Yes, sir. In 1970, and it had had it been used for musical acts as well before previous. If they if it was if they were it wasn't sold, it wasn't out. sold that out. That sucker. That's the key word to this one, Professor hmm, Adam. Lee this Tate. is this is excellent. I love this information that you've given me. You're, 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 what? I, I didn't know that they were the first to sell out the Montreal, whatever arena this is. This is fantastic. This is uh, after, right after Led Zeppelin three had come out. It was I guess 1970. Yeah, the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I, lo- <laughs> I love it when my guys are trailblazers. So as a student, I went ahead and schooled the professor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that deserves another play of. <laughs> yeah, play it. Settle down, class. It's this week's rockin' higher education lesson on Led Zeppelin 101 with Professor Adam Lee Tate. You love it. You love it. (laughs) I know you love that. You love that. (laughs) I do. (laughs) And it should be known by everybody that I had no idea that that was going to happen. (laughs) I don't, why would I go to a job when I have a job here? Already? I know. <laughs> and you always add more things to the job, too. 
There's always new levels and components. There's more buttons to push. <laughs> I'm going to need arms like an octopus pretty soon. <laughs> Adam, 1974, baby. Okay. Paul McCartney and Wings. Mm -hmm. This is Jet Baby off of Band on the, the Run. Run, man. Sure. Wings released Band on the Run on April 13, 1974 on Apple Records, dude. Yeah. That's right. The album went to number one in the U.S. album charts. McCartney's third U.S. number one went on to sell six million copies worldwide. I think this might be the most successful a Beatle solo album out of the whole lot, out of the out of the four. I would say so. I would agree with that without knowing the numbers of Imagine. And maybe Double uh, Fantasy. Double might Fantasy. Get a whole bunch, yeah. Uh, all things must pass. Nothing things. close to anything that you I think, know. I think George Harrison one. did no way. Ringo Starr, forget it. Not even close. So yeah, not for album sales. Nope. But yeah, I think I think this might be it. This might be, be the number one between Jet and Band on the Run. This was it, man. Mm. You know, very very cool. So yeah, yep. I love it. I love it, Tommy. You're playing the good ones today. Thank you, sir. I appreciate <laughs> it. There we go. We're on it. <laughs> there. Yeah. Let me cut. When, when, when my songs come on, I get super excited. I scream, yeah. And I'm sure that even me listening to it in my truck. Wait I mean, a minute. I thought all these other songs were your songs, too. <laughs> Is this the first your song so far? <laughs> let, me, let me. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let me see. Let's go back. Uh... Space Trucking, is it your song? Space Truck is my song. <laughs> it's your song. <laughs> Big Cheese, okay. Big not, Cheese? Not really, not my song. How about uh, Come Out Swinging by Yashford? Not really, not my no. song. Okay. Let's Beatles go and I Love Her. Uh, it's okay. You know, How many song. more times? Oh, that's my song. That's, actually, I got your song. <laughs> that's my song. Jet? That's my song, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is my third, my song. Obviously. Fitting <laughs> in the Jets this is, is your the song. Third, this is the third one for this show, but it's number one so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're ranking your songs now. Yeah. <laughs> and when are we going to get that playlist out? On a Spotify or whatever it is you're gonna do. What's your we should, idea? We should just top. We should just entitle it Tommy's songs. No, and we'll have no, uh, no, no, no. We'll I would have love, seventeen thousand and eighty-six songs <laughs> <laughs> on the playlist. You're a cruel man, Adam. Tate. After I play, that's cool. And, oh, come on, dude. You're just a meanie weenie. Yeah. Benny and the Jets, baby. 13, we should do that playlist. Thirteen April nineteen seventy-four. I was nine years old, man. Mm -hmm. Elton John's song about glam rock goddess who wears electric boots and mohawk hair mm. went number one in America, dude. Okay. John said against releasing it as a single, believing it would fail. Can you believe that? Why? Why would, why would that be the case? Check this out. CKLW in Windsor, Ontario began heavy airplay of the song, and it became the number one song in the Detroit market with other radio stations adding it to its playlist as it infected the country. Like and you know what, Adam? Hmm. There was no shot for Benny and the Jets. You had to go through that fever yeah, and let had, it run its course. Yeah, you had, had, you had to take it in, and it had to, it had to infect you, and you became infected, and you didn't want to get rid of that infection. No, you no, just you, wanted to keep it. You wanted to time. keep it. You wanted to keep it. <laughs> this is also, since it's one of my songs, it's one of my uh, go-to karaoke songs as well. Go ahead, hit me with a little b b b Benny. Benny, 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 and the Jets. Wow, that is pretty good. 
you suck. <laughs> I believe you that it is one of your karaoke songs. It's actually one when everybody else is drunk by then, you know, and it, and it sounds really good. You know, the, the next day, like, oh, did, did this idiot actually sing, or yeah. was or was I drunk? Was, was more, they're more forgiving in that state. <laughs> it's like the dancing that you dance after everybody's drunk. Nobody sees what you're doing. It's it's perfect. It's genius. It's just the best thing ever. <laughs> Adam. Yeah. We're going to take it down a little bit right here, a little bit. Huh? This doesn't sound, though, like the original. Oh, oh it's not. That sounds like James Hetfield singing this one. Metallica. Metallica. Acoustic version. Yes. Oh. Turn the page. Oh, Adam, you're a great DJ, dude. <laughs> Whoa. I like the actual, the, uh, the actual record one. When he goes, the one off a of garage. Yeah, the one off a of garage, yeah, and he goes... Uh, what's that one? Uh, anyway, it just goes away. But and she said, "Boom!" Uh, yeah, yeah. That part. Yeah, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. It's like you know when it goes into the solo, and you're like, "Oh, Bob Seger should have done that part." <laughs> it would have been, it would have been even better. It would have been maybe double number one. That's, I don't know. That's what Metallica does. Whenever they do a cover song, <laughs> they they take it, they improve it. A few levels. They metallicalize it. Yes. <laughs> I don't even think that's a word. I just made up that word in the time and Adam hard to name <laughs> podcast. Available on Spotify. <laughs> RSS Podcast. Apple Podcast Apps. And your Facebook. Oh, Castbox and Himalaya too. <laughs> and if you thought that was meta- what did I just say? I forgot it already. Metallize it. Metallicalize. Metallica eyes. Metallicalize it. Metallica eyes. If you like that, you could email us at Tommy. <laughs> Come on, Adam. Tommy. Watch, watch the cues. In, letter in, adampod at gmail.com. And she said. <laughs> we, got off, we got off track. Let's turn back to 1976, baby. Mm-hmm. April 12th. Bob Seeger, beloved in Michigan, but in obscurity elsewhere, releases Live Bullet. Okay. All right. Check this out. Which captures the intensity of of his live performances and makes him a national act. So live, so the Bullet live one is the was one the that one, actually yeah, put him over. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know it either. I didn't know that until you know actually read it this week. I, you know, that's when I found out. I just yeah. didn't know prior to. Live Bullet is a double live album. Mm. Uh, that was also like so he had these great songs that were on these just random albums from previous, and then when he put them in the live context. They became hips? Is yeah, that how this yeah. works? It's, it's, it's his live 14 songs. That's what he recorded that day. Turned the page. Katmandu, looking back, I've been working. Yeah. Amongst think, other ones, yeah. I think the only version of Katmandu I know is like the live version that they play on rock radio. I always thought it was like a Frampton thing. Mm-hmm. He had done, he had been some big hits, maybe with some 38 special, something like that. Because that's what it looks like, you know, like Southern Rock or something. Okay. That's what it was to me. I didn't know. You know I didn't know mm-hmm. he was from Michigan or wherever it may be. And, Bam, Live Bullet. Now, I, for we the, need to find somebody. For who, some reason, Live Bullet just became better. We should have used Live Bullet's version well, instead of Metallica's. He had the Silver Bullet band, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's why yeah. it's Live Bullet? Yeah. Okay. It was Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet. We need bullet. to get somebody in here who would be a professor of Bob Seger. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know enough about Bob Seger. You don't know enough Ooh, about Bob Seger. I think that's why we went. That's why we metallicalized <laughs> Metallicalized. <it. laughs> metallicalized. Get it right, get it right, get it right. <laughs> metallicalized, Adam, damn it. We're about to we're about to trademark this. I got metallic eyes. <laughs> eight foot two, eyes are blue. But what those eight feet can do? Has anybody seen my bird? Red time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Taller, 
Adam, turn that down, damn it. We just ruined the Metallica moment with this. We brought up some Liberace here. <laughs> Has anybody seen my bird? Now check this out. <laughs> you, you, you do that right before you flip somebody off. <laughs> Has anybody seen my bird? <laughs> no, 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 hey, um, what's wrong with you? Uh, don't do that to me. Um, no, I'm listening to Liberace. But if, but if somebody's singing this song as you're flipping yeah, them off, it's like, it's, it's like I, I'm not even mad oh, at yeah, you. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in 1978, Adam, mm-hmm. uh, April 11th, 1978, Liberace gives a concert for birds on The Muppet Show, dude, birds. playing classical pieces. And 1925 song, uh, Five Foot Two, Eyes of Blue, is what that song is. That's why he says uh, Five Foot Two at the beginning of the song. Oh, okay. I don't know if you caught that or not, but yeah. So he adapted that song into this bird mm-hmm. song. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. You know, a lot of, a lot of performers have showed up in The Muppets, man. Actually, The Muppet Show. The Muppet Show. They've also showed up in Sesame Street sure. and whatnot, but yeah. Oh, see, that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking Big Bird. No, 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 it's no. Not no. Big Bird's not mm-hmm. associated with. Not at all. This was the Muppet Show. I, I used is to there watch. A, is there a bird component on the Muppets? Is there a Muppet oh, Bird? I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Now, if you notice, I am a fan of the. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the guys that sit in the. Uh, yes. In yeah. the theater, yes. <laughs> up yes. in the box. Of course. They're critical of everything. <laughs> yes. Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> Wake, wake me when the show starts. It's already been on a while. Uh, wake me when it's over. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> but going back to the bird, let's not get distracted with my Muppets tribute here in the Datakoa Promotion Studios one. Sam the Eagle, to answer your question. Sam the Eagle. Sam the Eagle, yes. Okay. He is the bird on the Muppet show. So, but Sam the Eagle disapproved of Liberace's performance. Um, no shocker there, though. Didn't want the ragtime. Wanted like uh, more classical please pieces played or something yeah, like this. I really don't know. I mean, the eagle is a symbol of symbol. our nation. Sure, it is. Yes, you Sam. Know. So the eagle is possibly he's a conservative. I don't know. Uh, no. Oh, is it a bald eagle? Like he has yeah, white, well, yeah. white. So he's he looks no. aged, perhaps. Yeah, his uh, his swoopy eyebrow kind of looks like our uh, former president's. Hairdo, dude. Oh, it's so. got the swoopy thing? <laughs> swoopy come over? So maybe that's why the Sam the Eagle was doing what he was doing. <laughs> well, we got out of that one, thank God. That might have been the first appearance of Liberace on this show. I know, yeah. It was on the Muppets. It was worth it. <laughs> and anything dig to take at the any dig we could take at the conservatives, we, can, we will. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> Don't worry, the liberals are coming up pretty soon. <laughs> Van Halen, baby! That's what I don't weigh. 1979, Adam. Uh-huh. 13 April, 1979. All right. David Lee Roth, Diamond Dave, the flying frontman. All right. Yeah. Okay. Collapsed on stage from exhaustion during a Van Halen show at a stop in Spokane, Washington. Okay. He caputed out. He was done. Fainted, gone, exhausted. Was it early on in the show? Was it late in the show? Didn't say anything other than that he, you know, he just fainted, didn't he? I didn't, I didn't go further. I could have, but I didn't, so. Somebody should have stood up over him and said, hey, uh, you know, there's a couple of guys over in England that fought bare knuckles for 48 rounds. You can't stand up here on stage, do a couple of little scissor kicks. And another band that played for 100 and logged at 148 hours. <laughs> yeah, no Get with it. Come on. Eat the brown M&Ms, goddammit. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. You know, Iron Maiden has been making it to our show. Whoa, that's a new segment. <laughs> <laughs> think- You're thinking ahead of me, Adam. 
we may have to. Uh, I think so. <laughs> history lessons with Iron Maiden. <laughs> songs that go back into history. Iron Maiden Prowler. <laughs> they cover a vast. I know. They are there. We can learn so much. As you say, their catalog covers many periods. From I think starting from the period from the pyramids up. <laughs> we can squeeze Iron Maiden almost into any kind of history thing. Yeah, yeah. Last week we put them like was it? They're the, typically uh, in history. The, what was it? The Blade song. That, that's right. <laughs> to celebrate Jack the Ripper. Yeah, Jack the Ripper and celebrate him. And yes. Celebrate, <laughs> no, celebrate, celebrate. Uh, what is the the, the Vincent Price uh, 3D movie? Oh, yeah, House yeah. of Wax. House, that's right. House of Wax. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate the Jack the Ripper. <laughs> 1980, Adam, uh-huh. was a glorious day for heavy metal. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of this. Iron Maiden released their self-titled debut album. Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden with singer Paul, uh, Paul D'Anto or something like that. There's an apostrophe in there somewhere. Yes, the original singer of Run to the Hills. And did did he have like two albums? Did they do the first two albums with him? Is that correct? Number of the killers, beast, killers, and then killers, this one, yes, and, and then Iron number Maiden. of the beasts came on with uh, Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson, yeah. and then just blew so, the yeah, lid off this yeah, month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, now we have Paul McCartney Wings released "Band on the Run." Mm-hmm. Benny and the Jets was uh, oh was number one. These these all uh, could be album of the week. Yeah, we got Iron Maiden's. Oh my god. That's three. What's going on? This is close to. There's too many I, good yeah, ones that we're yeah, passing up. You know what I'm thinking here? Yeah, I'm thinking it's past Holy Week, and they decided everybody decided oh. to, to release their albums or <laughs> their hits or something. They were taking a chill pill or something. Because Adam, if you play the next intro, yes, it's one of my favorites, baby, right here. Anvil on metal. On, on metal. metal. 1982, Adam. Yep. Well, actually, after 1982, you and I mm-hmm. saw Anvil. Up close Up and in. personal. Too personal. <laughs> <laughs> Is there such thing as too personal? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, yes. <laughs> What a what a memorable night though that was. And that was a that was a tiny little club. Like maybe you'd be able to see the Beatles like way back when in in Hamburg, Germany. Actually, now that you say that, yep. their special that was on I want to say Amazon Prime, they were playing in England, and they were in kind of clubs like that going through Europe. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you ever got to see that movie or not. I recommend it to you a couple oh, of times. Oh, the one with An- oh, an Anvil. The Anvil. Yeah, yeah. I, I did watch it. Yes. So, yeah, it's really great. It's where, a, where he starts it as like a delivery man for, for like a school yeah, system for or something. Public school system. Delivering yeah. food. Yeah. But it was a fun show. It was a great show. I loved it. it. And his, the celebratory thing that he said in that show was, I haven't delivered any more food since. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 At Barley Corps. <laughs> t- you know, I looked around and we had like three bands that night. And and Anvil was of course the the main act, and there weren't that many people in there. How, how do you we saw how do you four, keep this thing together, man? We saw four bands then. Oh, four bands. Four bands. The the oh. second to last band is the L.A. band, and I think yeah. the singer of Anvil should have gave should have brought one of those sandwiches from that <laughs> to this kid because he was ready to faint. He was, he was, so, ready, he was, he was so happy ready. to get a sandwich. He was, he was ready to faint, you know, oh just like uh, just like David Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> when they become real famous, I almost fainted uh, in some squinky. Uh, let's, let's go into the anvil yeah, and tell me about chew anvil. this up as fast as we can. 
Anvil released, man, their sophomore album, Metal on Metal, on April the 15th, 1982. Mm. So this is number four so far. And in that documentary, right. they were claimed to being like, this is going to be the future of metal, this band. Yeah. Because they're, they're so raw. It had, <laughs> sl- so, had, so, had Slash. It had a bunch yeah, of, I think it had, had Lars. Of, yeah. Yeah, you had big time rockers saying, I don't know what happened. They should have hit a bit. Where are these guys? He's up. He's in Canada, thirty below zero, with you know, <laughs> with, with a hairnet on. <laughs> the title song uh, was featured on November fourteenth, two thousand ten episode of The Simpsons, dude. Really? It was titled "Lisa Simpson." This isn't your life. Six six six, which is another great song. Off of yeah, yeah, we we saw of, that one of Metal on Metal. We saw that one. I think I got video footage. I, I was ready to f- try to find it, but I, I, I think I guess it wasn't that important. But was <laughs> was featured in the, in the 2017 film ad- adaptation of Stephen King's book It. Very cool. Sure. And then Tag Team and March of the Crabs were featured in some soundtrack to the video game. Uh, says here, Brutal Legend. I don't know anything about that. So I don't know what to tell you. Dude. Another one of the songs I remember, I don't think it was from this album. I think... Uh, it was a song about uh, navigation systems. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Called Bitch in a Box. Because <laughs> the, the lady kept telling you which way to go and what to do. I think, the, I, I think I was, even though I was entertained, the, the bass player was really wacky. Oh, remember he was that? a cartoon character. Yeah, he was. It was I love that show. I, you know, I was telling Crystal the other day, I was mad. I said, Crystal, I'm still mad at you. She says, why? Because we left before they sang metal on metal. Yeah. We had to, but my ears honestly couldn't take it either. I mean, it was just so loud in there, dude. <laughs> well, good luck to Anvil wherever they may be. <laughs> Adam, we slowed it down, dude. Yes. We came to Billy Joel, man. Only the good die young. That's right. 1982, man. April the 15th, 1982. Billy Joel. Was flying high, man. This guy was in high demand. Mm-hmm. Billy Joel, though, broke his left wrist when his 1978 Harley Davidson hit a car or the car slammed into it. I don't know which version. To uh, okay. There were different versions on, online about this. Uh, into With the motorcycle in Long Island, New York. Okay. Yep. He, he wasn't was, inebriated at this accident? Uh, it doesn't say here. He says he was reported to be in quite good condition okay. after his major surgery at Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center in New York. The hospital switchboard was jammed with calls from his fans. And uh, now, how close was this uh, relating to a tour or recording or something? Because he needs that hand to play uh, those key, he, those ivories. Now, it wasn't that close because... Joel issued a plea through his spokesman to stop the calls, so uh, you know because they were tying up the lines for other uh-huh. people that were sick there. So he was con- he was actually concerned. Well, I don't think he was going to take every single call that was coming from from his fans. But to answer your question, dude, maybe they didn't have HIPAA then, and the nurse could just <laughs> no, say, yeah. "Oh, he's oh, okay. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's fine." <laughs> well, he did actually. He handled it himself. He did a little statement through his. Uh, through his uh, spokesperson, you know we 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 all can't have spokesperson, but no. you know Billy Joe can. But to answer your question, dude, he stayed in the hospital, man, for thirty days with a broken wrist. Yes, sir. That's all he had was a broken wrist. Yeah, I would imagine he had some other stuff. So I don't. You know. You said he broke his wrst Oh yeah, it says here that's, that's the length of of 
injuries that I've I've been told. So his major surgery songs jab out of here and say he was being rebuilt like the he, bionic man. He got man. pins and rods put in there? Probably. Mm. And with a lot of physical therapy, they probably had some great people in there. Whoever the experts of the of the time were on broken bones and arms and movements and all kinds of things. Because this guy, I mean, he still continued to play after that. Yeah. There you go. That's that story, dude. Let's mm -hmm. move on to one that I'm sure you'll like. Oh, yeah. Actually, you won't like the story. I, actually, I, I, I think I, you will like the story. I actually probably don't like like the inspiration for this song, but <laughs> the song is fantastic. And it's Megadeth with In My Darkest Hour. Ooh. Man. We can just play this, right? We got, we got six <laughs> minutes or so? Good idea. Let me take a nap. <laughs> Adam. What do we got? April the... 11th, 1983. Okay. I see your your brow is furrowed. How did you say that last week? Furrowed? Furrowed. I furrowed my brow. I furrowed yes. my brow. You yes. say some big-ass words. I like that. <laughs> Dave Mustang uh -huh. is kicked out of Metallica. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. of his drug and alcohol addictions. Yeah. What? No second chance? Soon after, he forms Megadeth which becomes one of the most successful metal bands of the era. There's some cool information here on this. Okay. I don't know what you know about this. You probably know about, because you said your second band is uh, Megadeth. Yes. So today I included two of them. Okay. Some I Zeppelin and some uh, yeah, yeah, Metallica. No. Everyone in Metallica drinks a lot, but not Mustang. He goes overboard. Yeah. Right? He, yeah. So yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. If when some is good, then more is better. Right? Know, that's, I, that's the formula. That's their whole deal. So then they were in tight confines. They were trying to record this record, whatnot, under, was it Mega Mega something records, I think, was the label. I forgot what Mega it was. Megaforce? Megaforce. There you go. You're on it, dude. Why don't, why don't you just take over, please? No. <laughs> just, just tell me what anyway, else. Anyway, ends up fighting with uh, with Hetfield. He punches him in the face. The next day, they they he wakes up. They're towering over him. And they said, and they say, we got a bus ticket for you. And you got to go. We're loading that's you on the bus, right, and you're out of here. That's yep. right, yeah. So anyway, it does. Four days, dude, is what it took him to get back to. Uh, I know. To uh, stewing, yeah, yeah stewing, <laughs> stewing right. that yeah, whole yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah, vengeance yeah. in his mind. And he was actually writing songs. Oh, and I think yeah. he said on the way out the door, "Don't use my songs," which <laughs> appeared on <laughs> "Kill Them All." <laughs> Evidently, it did work that way. They came up with the name of Megadeth. Off this uh, some flyer for some center that was running in California that says the arsenals of Megadeth can't be rid. So meaning that there was no mm. way to dismantle the nuclear stockpiles that they had built up, and Megadeth becomes the name of his new band. That's how he comes up with that. Brilliant, and, uh, brilliant, love pretty it. Pretty awesome. That's pretty I love cool. It. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Despite his success, you know, yeah, Mustaine still stills but hurt over missing out his chance. Later on, they let him be part of the Big Four, and and they kissed up kind of and made up. Is what I get. He has joined Metallica on stage. They both so, have achieved yeah. high levels of success. Right. Of course, Metallica far exceeds of course. the success yeah. of Megadeth. And I told you, the first time I saw Megadeth was what, what North Carolina when they were opening, opening for, for Iron Maiden. Iron yeah. Maiden yeah. Yep, we've revisited that already. So yes, go ahead, man. That's, yes. that's enough Megadeth for today. <laughs> you can never have enough Megadeth. And then you go right into Rush, man. <laughs> 1984. A year later, Adam. These are my bands. <laughs> Now check it, check it, check it. You gotta love this. Rush release, Grace Under Pressure. 
Okay. <laughs> on April the 12th, 1984. 1984. That's right. Man, more Their 10th studio album. And according to guitarist Alex Lifeson, their most satisfying with standout tracks, Distant Early Morning, and this one we're listening to right now, Red, Red Sector A. Hey, yeah. They were well, well, well received by fans. Uh, what I remember from this record is I was like, hmm. When I first played it, it was like, okay, that's a lot of sync going on a here. Synthy things. I did. I, I immediately caught on to that. Yeah. So and and when I saw the video to this particular song, it reminded me of uh, Third Encounters, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Really? I don't know what it was. I still do. Hmm. I was looking at it this past week, and I'm like, oof. You know, I just don't know what it was. But yeah, it was Cynthia. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Maybe there's a thing that you can like sync up uh, the movie like you can with like Wizard of Oz and uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Maybe you can like sync them up somehow. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, this is like our fourth album released this but week. But yeah, like everything after, uh, I don't know, moving pictures or something, the rest of the 80s albums are kind of like a, a bit of a dead zone for me with Rush. Like they went real, they went really keyboardy, really synthy, and really. But then as soon as they got back into the 90s, I think Alex said, "Let's let's get back to playing some guitar stuff." That was in the in the book that I read. About. Oh, you read? <laughs> you probably get information by reading. <laughs> Uh, Neil Peart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, MC Hammer, Adam. This is gonna be a quickie too. Okay. 1991, April 15, 1991. MC Hammer's "Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him" mm-hmm. becomes Ooh. the first rap album to go diamond. Wow. With sales exceeding 10 million copies. The entire America. album. That's right. I imagine the single, of That's course. But crazy. Wow. Yep. 10 million. Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. That's amazing. That's pretty crazy. I might be. Ah, he was all over the place, man. His pants, his his glasses, you know. Sure. His little wavy uh, haircut that he had. He was a shit man. And he, and he ended up. Everybody broke. wanted to dance with you, know, like the hammer. You go into a club and you had idiots going side by side, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they weren't black dudes. They were. <laughs> it was white guys. Well, like, what, what the hell's going on? Here? <laughs> <laughs> I think they, they're in the wrong club. <laughs> now you have that many album sales, and how do you end up broke? That's what he said on that one show. The uh, what was it? This uh, I don't know. Behind the music, I think is where he said that. Oh, well, he's a pastor now. <laughs> oh, so he can't. Yeah, that song. Pray. <laughs> Make sure you pray. And it was off of this record too, as well. Was it? Yes. But moving on. <laughs> Temple of the Dog, baby. Say hello to heaven. One of my favorite songs of this era, Adam. Chris Cornell singing you on this. You know blog. it, man. Oh gosh, I miss you, Chris Cornell. Yeah. I love this song. Did you buy the Temple of the Dog album? Uh, I probably have a CD around here somewhere. Yep. I have. I just have these two. Uh, actually, let's, let's go do this real quick. April 15, 1991, Temple of the Dog album. Guess what? Was released. Was released. <laughs> was released as well. <laughs> I'm telling you, my theory. A lot of releases. My theory about these people releasing after Holy Week is, is you know, we'd have to see when it lands hmm. to make this a little bit more, uh, okay. you know, studious, like a uh, little bit it's more like, colorful. It's kind of like reading the stars. It's kind of like horoscopic yeah. things. Like, could be. Like after, you just you let uh, Jesus <laughs> rise. You bless it. And then yes. you put out your album. Yeah, I mean, it, it works because all these are great albums. Good. So, yep. So it says here, it says, uh, 
the one-off project was only one album. It was a tribute to Andrew Wood, the mother love bone lead singer who had died in 1990. Oh. Yep. Temple of the Dog is comprised of Sound Goddard members, which you already know. Chris Cornell, Matt Cameron, along with Stone Goddard, Jeff Emmett, Mike McCready, and Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. That's right, baby. Mm-hmm. And on that note, Adam. Let's play the next let's song. Let's play the next one. Hey. <laughs> it would be Pearl Jam. Just like it flows right together there. <laughs> but it's not a release. This one is not a release. Oh, this is actual news facts. That's right. I love this song, too. It's your song. It's my song. It's going to be on the playlist. It truly is my song. <laughs> the song before gonna... was, the song before was my song. I'm starring. I'm starring all these songs that Let are your songs. I would say right Adam. now about seventy percent of what we played is my song. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Check it out, Pearl Jam. Yes, were the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. All right. Where they performed two songs and were starstruck by host, none other than Sharon Stone. Mm. Why? Why were they starstruck by Sharon they Stone? They were very starstruck. I mean, did they, they do, did they do like a basic instinct reenactment? All I could tell you is that they gaped. Say what? Oh. <laughs> at the God. at the host Sheriff. Oh, oh, for real? Uh, yeah, so yeah, 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 here, right? I, I, I got you. That's what it says here. I only I can only go. <laughs> I can only go what's been going. Because it's here at the. It says. Oh my god! I'm telling you, they're astonished. Were they? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Gabe is like you know. 1996, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Rage Against the Machine, baby. This was T.D. Schwab. No shelter. No shelter. Are you a Rage fan? Uh, I mean, I know, like, they're more popular songs. They're hits, yeah. But I don't uh, listen to it that often. They're angry. I don't turn them off. I mean, if, oh, it, no. comes, if it comes on the shuffle, hey, I like this. I like the guy's voice. I like Tom Morello. Yeah, Tom I like Tom Morello's playing. And, yeah, they're, the lyrics are usually pretty angry. Yeah, but it's rage. And 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 uh, what is it? Zach, uh, forget his last name. De La Rocha. De La Rocha. There you go. Uh, has a distinctive rock voice, which is a singer slash kind of uh, rappy, rappy at the sound. same time. Yeah. yeah, so very cool. So yeah, I like him. He meets the mail when it comes to that. Anyway, seconds before their last uh, Saturday Night Live performance. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine. So it's two Saturday Night Live for performances related. Okay. Uh, news articles here. Rage roadies placed upside down American flags on their amplifiers in the band sanctioned protest of the American political system, dude. I think I saw something about this. Check on... it out. No, no, check it out. But okay. billionaire candidate Steve Forbes Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was hosting the show. There was, a, there was a political candidate hosting the show, and then Rage was the musical guest. <laughs> Love it. Love that. <laughs> and Rage was added on the uh, the list of uh, you shall not play here no more. And, and, and Saturday Night Live was upset with them, obviously. <laughs> why? That's what Rage does. It's like, why were they shocked? Yeah. You, you know, that was the whole... You'd that figure was, that's what they wanted. Yeah. and then, you They know, were inviting it. And who was their host? You know, whatever. It's like, come on. Can we be any more stupid? <laughs> I just don't get it, you know? <laughs> this weekend. Oh, yeah. Kiss. Mine is louder than yours, though, just FYI. <laughs> Here's a little song for everybody out there. 
Oh, you need to get one of those standing desks for when you play the Kiss songs and you're standing. You get, you get like a, you hit a button and the desk just comes right up with you. A riser. <laughs> you told me you've got to rise when you hear Kiss. I almost did this time, but I'm tired. <laughs> April the 16th, 1996, Adam. 96. Kiss performed at the Grammys in full makeup and their glorious costumes, dude. Mm. Now, why? Why? It's just the second time since 1980 that they had appeared together. Of all four original members on stage. Was this like the first foray into the reunion tour? This was the whole promo, exactly. You're talking about kids here. They're not going to do it small, dude. Now, I imagine this kicked off the entire Grammys. This, like, started the show. I didn't go back and, and, and look at that. I did not. So I would imagine, you know, at some point. Because the only thing I remember about the Grammys is one year they had the big rock act, and it was Van Halen, and they opened up the show. They, like, started the whole thing with them. Sammy Hager it was Van Halen? Sammy, yeah, I thought so, Sammy. yeah. It was, like, the, the pound cake thing. Mm. Yeah. When he was with his drill. It was drill. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Anyway, but I yeah. imagine a big, big, huge show like that and the big reveal of, hey, it's the four guys back together again, that should lead off your whole thing. You don't you don't save that. From Here's the cool thing, though. It's been nonstop since. And it's really under the radar. Well, it, not with the original four members. but No, no, but I'm talking about just Kiss coming and cranking back on in 1996 the way they did. They continued that flow of nostalgia up to today. It's really unperceived in the popular world, but in rock, they just continued to sell out after that. Mm-hmm. You know, show after show, casinos. It doesn't matter. They would play. It doesn't make a difference. They'd go, I mean, the Kiss Cruise, the whole deal. This is kind of the genesis of that rebirth. You now, know? But then after that, they also recorded, like, some kind of monster. Some other stuff had come out. Cycle Circus, I believe, after this. You know, Hail or Hallelujah and some other hits that come off of that. You know those old bands from, like, the 60s? Or not bands, but, uh, like, like singing groups. Right, like yeah. the Platters or something or the Shirelles or something. Yeah. They still tour to this day with, like, no original members, you know? Yeah. They might have somebody of relation to the original members. Do you think Kiss will have that? Do you think that they will hand down the makeup and the songs to another group, another group of people to go up there and tour behind the KISS history? You mean like uh, like a minor league act that will go out and not play the stadium show, not the big arena shows. They might play smaller venues, but they'll continue to go out there and play the KISS music as the official KISS tribute band. So it'll be like, like, a, like a trademarked uh, yeah. KISS-sanctioned show. Yes. It's, I, would th- I would think so. I've, I've read some interviews with Paul Stanley where he has said something to that effect without saying it. Uh, and I can't, obviously can't, I cannot uh, recall the exact words, but he, you know, at some point he says, look, and let's, let's realize what's going on here. We're getting older. You could actually just you know. probably replace the two members, Gene and Paul, and keep yeah. Tommy and Eric. But fans are, uh, how do I say this? Fans are frivolous. You know, you just don't know. I mean, it could be they are coming back because of Paul and Gene. You have a lot of hate towards Tommy Thayer and the Ace Frail, you know, because people love Ace Frail. They're not so, I don't think there's that much hate against Eric Singer. And especially there's no hate against Eric Carr because Eric Carr was a whole different character. You see, the, sure. issue, the issue with Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer is they, oh, they've they, taken those personas. Yeah. So, and they've done what you just ta- were talking about. They were able to continue on because Eric Singer is also a singer, just like Peter, Peter Chris. Chris. Yeah, sure. 
So okay. and uh, you know and again also Tommy Thayer kicks in and sings and shock me as well just as mm. Ace Frail would. Oh, so Ace yeah, Frail, right. yeah. So I mean I don't know I don't know what to tell you I, I would say I would say it's not a bad idea and I would also say Tommy Martinez would go out of curiosity just to see what the hell this is I went to see Mini Kiss why wouldn't I go see this you right know? you <laughs> could go you could go roll the dice on mm-hmm. some uh, other tribute band yeah or you could have like the one that is officially certified this is the one who's like uh, we've passed the baton. Onto this these group of guys. Yeah, so it'll be like Kiss Kiss Two Point or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good. Thanks for that question. Thank you for making me think. I'm, I'm gonna have to think up some Led Zeppelin ones for you. <laughs> oh shit! You two in a little while, baby. In a little while. In a little while. How I about you two right now? I think. In oh a wait. Li- oh yeah. <laughs> the song is in a little while. In a little while, I think <laughs> I'm gonna jump into bed again. <laughs> <laughs> April the fifteenth, two thousand and one. Okay. Sad, sad day, man. Joy Ramone to the Ramones. Uh, Joy Ramone of the Ramones, let me slow that down, died of lymphoma at age 49. The Ramones disbandment in 1996, though, had marked the beginning of the end for Joy, who was diagnosed with that disease at that point. Five years later, he's dying while listening to this song right here. You two, it's been a long, it's been a little while. In, in a little while, excuse me. Just one month before his 50th birthday. Mm. How strange, huh? Yeah. That's what what an obscure song. I know. What and this is a who who cataloged deep, this? This is a deep cut. Who 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 cataloged I, I this? Was it like a this. spouse or something I, that was, was saying? probably some girlfriend or something, some family member. Huh. You know, because the Ramones were not brothers, by the way. Oh, that was just the name that they yeah, gave. Yeah, this themselves? is all fictional names they had given themselves. Yes. Hmm. Sta- stage names. So yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Rest in peace, Joey Ramone. Oh, hey. Wait a minute, I'm getting deja vu Tommy, this is your song This is my song for real <laughs> Crazy Crazy Nice is also my song Just going oh, back yeah. to wow. I mean, so, I mean <laughs> yeah. anything, why, anything we play during history you is your song that? 2002, Adam April the 17th, 2002 uh-huh. Now, Pamela Anderson uh-huh. and Kid Rock were engaged After he proposes to her in a desert outside of Las Vegas. Now, here's the cool part of this. Okay. His proposal included the words, I can't ever live up to the huge expectation. Oh, oh. <laughs> Tommy laid on the steering helm of that boat. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I'll try to make it up in other areas, such as foreplay and whatnot. <laughs> That's that's a and whatnot. Check, check this out, check that. That was also included as part of the prenup, and that was all a lie after the. <laughs> you were believing, weren't yeah, you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> these are these are great vows that we designed. It was boring after you know the quick kid rock had proposers. I made the rest of it up. <laughs> oh, you can't do it yet. You can't. <laughs> we gotta have some fun. Yeah. It's that time to kick back in the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast time machine. Open your mind and listen to the significant album. Who knows? You may even be delightfully wounded by one of Mr. Adam Tate's deep cuts. Listen up, it's about to get real heavy.
gimmick. Here's some value, Adam. <laughs> oh, man. You, you listed a whole bunch of albums that are going to be released on in this week, and this one has topped them all. Judas Priest's British Steel. Yes, I knew you would get it. I knew it. <laughs> I mean, it was difficult to pick this week. Ah, yeah, yeah I, I it see. It was super... I not, know. Well, you know. You usually don't give mentions to all those other albums. But no. this week you had to mention all yeah. these other candidates. I was this close of picking Wings. Uh, you know, excuse me, Band on the Run. Band on the Run. This One of my close. favorites. I love it. You know, I was this. I said, I was thinking. I was thinking about you. I was like, mm, I wonder if Adam would really get a kick of this. I would. But then I'm thinking... We're more of the heavy metal kind, so <laughs> we're going to go to probably... Now, Now in this one, for uh, Album of the Week, I think this is our first repeat yes. uh, artist for Album of the Week. Yes, sir. Defenders it, of the Faith. It is. It is. And now we've got British yes. Steel. We got Defenders of the Faith which was post screaming for vengeance because really screaming for vengeance is where they really blew up mm-hmm. right as they say in the uh argot of uh popular music right right i want to say british steel was the crown of the pre-screaming uh priest pre-screaming yes priest now screaming again was was they really the, the one that took them you know, past. Right, right. But British Steel was the top of their previous six records. Oh yeah, definitely by far. You know, I saw British Steel as you know an as an, an album tour in a St. Charles Family Arena in St. Louis. Oh, where they they played it uh, yes. fr- front to back. KK uh, Downing yeah. was still in the group. Oh, okay. Very awesome, man. You know, they it di- it didn't skip a beat. It was. Fantastic. Now let's just go into some some uh, numbers on this or some okay. uh, facts on this. Go ahead. This was released on April the seventeenth uh, oh. uh, of uh, ninth. Excuse me, uh, April the fourteenth, nineteen eighty. April the fourteenth. Yes, on Columbia Records, dude. So okay. A metal landmark is what it's categorized as. All right. <laughs> a heavy metal landmark containing the tracks. Living After Midnight mm-hmm. and Breaking the Law, we just heard right yeah, now. Yeah, we did. You know, it, it was, and I want to say, I'm going to try to flash back here because I was so young, man. It was in Roberto Clemente Coliseum, El Coliseo Roberto Clemente, and I saw the priest. I was, what, 15, 16 years old. Really? I shouldn't have been there. Okay. <laughs> it was one of those deals. I was with some cats that, that I went to school with uh, from Mayagüez. So, was it was the place packed? It was yeah. It was it was packed of Puerto Rican metalheads. <laughs> yes, they have a taste for that. And at least at that at that time, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, and uh, and that's where I saw the uh, the motorcycle coming out. Oh, yeah, that I, was already part of the yeah. stage so presence. That you know that kind of establishes a lot of. It sets a precedence for a lot of shows after this, you know. And and again, you didn't care about anything other than what was happening at the moment, you know. And this song right here, which is Metal Gods, is probably, and I love a lot of pre-songs, but Metal Gods for me 
has a special... I don't know what it is about the song. I think it reminds me of my cousins Johnny and Mookie because we were the metal priest, Los Metal Priest. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they don't remember that, but I hold that dearly in, in, my, in my mind. Did you use this as kind of a theme song? You thought that this was kind of your... It was kind of for you. You you kind of claimed it. It was it was listen listen listen. There was a it was a show, it was a show it was called Astro Rock. Okay. Astro Astro Rock. I'm I'm you know it, uh, the translation to that would be Astro Rock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that up for me. <laughs> so and it was at a station that was Cosmos 94, so it's Cosmos 94. 94 okay. And they had a show every Sunday night, which was, again, I told you, I still rock, right? So then you would write in these letters and, you know, and the DJ. And request? Yeah, you would request. And, and we wrote a couple letters as Los Metal Priests de la Corcovada. You know, that's because Corcovada is where we're from, right? Mm -hmm. So he went, and I remember him saying, saying that. Saying it on the air. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Blew your but mind. It, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, the, we requested, I think it was, uh. Uh, War Machine from Kiss, I think, is what we had requested. Well, and when I say we, it's, uh, obviously it was the ring litter me. I, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I remember my uh, my cousin uh, Edwin, uh, the, the metallic cat, El Gato Metallico. He came running out, oh, because he was in his room. Uh -huh. And it was like, and we're outside listening to the radio at, you know, my cousin Mookie's house. And it was like one of the, it was like, I would I would categorize that as a great rock and roll moment in my life because oh, I've yeah. never forgotten it. Absolutely, you know, and it was like Los Metal Pris de la Corcovada, and that's what the guy called us, man. And it was like, oh man, yeah. And we got our names mentioned a couple times after that. So, but it's always that first one when he's Los Metal Priest. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of like adapted our name from Judas, uh -huh. you know. Yeah, I understand. So, and going back to this record, this is. Uh, it was the previous albums were uh, to this one were the first ones are rock and roller. You know that mm -hmm. uh, it was also uh, Wings of Destiny, uh, Sad Wings of Destiny, excuse me, Sing After Sin, Stained Glass, Killing Machine. And before this one is Unleashed in the East, which was their live album. OK. And I think that one was only available not in the U.S., if I remember correctly, but it was live priest. Cause, so this is really technically their seventh album versus their sixth because this is their sixth studio which is you know not a live album which is this one right here understood uh, uh, understood so it was you had breaking the law which was in the era of today where they're kind of like priests themselves they're ready they're jumping to this this uh convertible cadillac and they're gonna rob a bank I don't know if you remember this video I don't or not. The video yeah. at all. You have to go back and revisit it. It's pretty okay. cool. And uh, it has all the metal cliches that you could imagine. Oh, that's good. You know, the, as they're robbing the bank, okay, not in this song. This is Living After Midnight, but. Right. But uh, it's on breaking the law. They're, 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 you know, they're holding the hostages down, you know, KK Downing with his flying V. <laughs> 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 and when they break into the vault of the bank. They were armed with their guitars? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then everybody's like, uh, uh, you know, on the, on the floor scared. Oh. They were all shaking, and yeah. you know, and the and, and the guard, the what is security guard? He was a buffoon, and uh, you know, he was like, I think they used like Benny Hinn's Benny Hill's cousin or something to do that. I can't remember, but anyway, so when they go into the vault itself, Rob Halvard and his metalness 
and his great mentalness opens the bar like he's Mighty Mouse. You know, ah, oh, just, he pulls him apart. He pulls him apart. You know, pulls apart steel because you know this is what British, British steel. steel. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> not that strong apparently. <laughs> so it's like the message of that video is go and rob a bank and. <laughs> In the UK, you'll be fine, you know. But they weren't really notorious at this time, no, right? No, they were not. They were not. They no. weren't uh, taken into courtrooms no. about uh, issues. No, no, they weren't. They weren't in the fifteen. Uh, what was it? The uh, the the nasty fifteen. I forget. No, the the they were. They're number three though on that one list from the PMRC. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in the most dirtiest songs, but yes, this is this is way before all that. Yeah. You know, this is Jude. You saw that video that I gave you. That one song. Uh, I forgot it now. It's just got so much going through my mind right now. I'm going. I'm flashing oh, yeah, yeah, back yeah. when they were actually dressed like yeah. uh, not not in leathers, like no. like flower children. Almost. Yeah, they were. No, they were like Thin Lizzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and living under after midnight. What a what an awesome song. This is a rock anthem, Adam. Mm, you absolutely. know, this is gonna make you go out there and go. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go to a rock show and I'm gonna live after midnight. I'm gonna have all this fun, and it just it says so much about youth. And that's why I guess why I'm all excited, man. I came alive. I know that this record, <laughs> this is one of the cool things about doing this podcast, bro. That I could, you know, when I'm going through these, uh, through my research for the week, whatever, which I should do a little bit more extensively, a little bit more professionally, but I don't give a shit about that. Nah, don't worry about you that. You know, I, I uh, especially when something like this comes on, I get a chance to revisit these albums, you know, while I'm, you know, at the gym walking or whatever I'm doing, or while I'm, you know, hauling rocks in my yard and I have my earphones on and I can wow you know it takes me back 30 years when I was a kid you know yeah I understand and this Judas Priest just does it to me man you know there's some great songs on this also grinders on here rapid Grinder. fire yep uh, another very cool song is you don't have to be old to be wise which yep. is you know I, I remember that song like right now it's like yeah right I'm smart, you know. I'm I'm 16 years old, damn it. And I'm wise, you know. They were definitely speaking to their audience. I'm a moron at, that, at the time. <laughs> yes, I'm a freaking moron, you know. Now, but, you now know, if they have a concert, they may not play that one, like because everybody no. in the concert is going to be old. Oh, oh, they alternate like uh, Gene Gene Simmons does for Christine 16. Now it's Christine 60. <laughs> but you see, you know what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All the songs were written by Glenn Tipton. Rob Halford and K.K. Downing. When K.K. Downing left this group, I was hurt. I was like, wow, you know, what a great guitarist this guy is. You yeah. know, they had so much presence and something that was so cool about the priest and seeing the priest live is that double guitar attack. Yeah. You I, know, that know. sonic assault of riffs, you know, built on by this insane foundation of drum and bass and the sonic screeches of Rob Halford, one of the greatest heavy metal voices in the history of heavy metal. And not only that, dude, yeah. a super proponent. This guy truly lives heavy metal. You know, it's... Wow. Just, I, I, it's You've never so emphatically said that. I mean, we've, we've mentioned Rob Halford probably every... One out of every five episodes yes. we talk about Rob Halford and how he is one of the best, one of the tops. But you emphatically say he's he lives the lifestyle. He's not phony about one damn thing, and he is uh, is one of the best of all time. This guy is about heavy metal. Huh. He truly is. His songs, the way he carries himself, his interviews. You know, it's like he's there to say, "I love heavy metal." 
you know, this is the greatest music. You know, like, oh, Rob, yes, tell me some more, damn it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah, Rob. <laughs> Preach it. That's why you're a Judas priest of the... Of a metal god, you know. <laughs> you saw those kids. They played to the metal gods. They prayed to them, and, you know, David Grohl went ahead and wrote a letter to the council. Remember that a couple oh, of Oh, yeah, that's a story from a few <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, you, so you see how British Steel, British Steel is a part of my youth, dude. You've been imprinted yes, yes, by yes, the yes, priest. Yes, yes. I, I, going back this week and reliving this album was probably one of my joyous moments this week. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is going to be... Album. Yeah, so def- it really wasn't this is a defi- question. This is definitely going to be. What's the significant album? For no, this I was week? going through them because I think I found the other ones before this one. Then I, then I find you know I get, you have to kind of like figure it out. Sometimes it's, some are easier than others. Obviously, this was a little difficult. It was, you know. If Pearl Jam's, uh, you know, ten would have been on here, it would have been bad. Oh my! Because I love that album too. Yes, and so your son is named after one of the songs yeah, on yeah, that yeah, album. Yeah, there you go. Oh so, yeah, my yeah. god. So, yeah, Judas Priest, man. I, and, you know, I think I've told you this before. I don't know if I, I may have, may have not. But, you know, I, I always use the evolution of heavy metal. You know, and I tell you that yeah, you do. That, that Judas Priest has a dual guitar attack of just riff, riff mounted on top of riff. As a matter of fact, Judas Priest songs mm-hmm. are great songs to enter uh, uh, air guitar contests. How would you characterize it? Because they have the the two guitar attack, but then how would you characterize it in comparison to the Iron Maiden three guitar attack? See, and that's where I was going. Okay. Continue then. Iron Maiden could go, sometimes it feels like it's like seven guitar attacks. You know, that's how it feels. But the difference is, I would say, and this is, again, this is just subjective as as anything else that we've covered on this show. Uh, Priest is more symphonic orchestral to me. Priest? I mean, excuse me, not Priest. Oh, okay. Maiden is. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maiden. I don't, you know, sure. Agree or disagree with me? I would say it. The the layers and the way the songs are built. With the it sh- almost has that classical yes, structure with to the it. shift move sure. with the shift of emotion and drops and and super highs. Sure. You know, priests, especially this one right here. They're you just know, out there to blister their fingers. They on their are just going to blow you away. And it sounds rough. Just, you know, the power chords are power chords. You, they, they resonate within you. Not that, not that maidens don't. So that's why I'm saying my difficult, going back to what I was trying to tell you, my, the evolution of metal always starts for me with Black Sabbath, period. Sure. Just me. You got some idiots that are gonna. And I'm, I call them idiots, but yeah, I gotta say, ah, oh, it's really Zeppelin. No, it's not. It's it's in Tommy Martinez's world. It's Sabbath, and sure. then it to me it ends at Metallica. That's just me. And I think you've hyped. You, you mean the evolution ends? The the evo, everything else after that is really not memorable for me. Well, yeah, metal wise. For our age group, right? Metal wise, yeah, right, right, yeah. Absolutely. right. I think I think you're right. And but I always have that mid-range metal conflict between Maiden and Priest. And if I go metal, metal, I will pick Priest over Maiden any day. But evolution-wise, 
I, I, I can't rule out uh, Maiden. And even though, even though Priest, I think, outdates Maiden by six years. Yeah, by a bit. So, but they didn't really have their bigger success until the, Maiden hit yeah, the scene. Yeah. So that's why I so, had, yeah, and, exactly. And they actually kind of so, came up together yeah, in that you know, way. With great songs, man, Exciter, The Ripper, uh, uh, Diamonds and Rust. There's all these songs that you could go to. You could go, I, I'll tell you this, you could go to a, uh, a priest show. Okay. And it's just like a kiss show. Because it's one song after the, you know that song. If you were a metalhead, you could close your eyes and it transports you when, you know, you were awkward with girls and, and uh, you know. You I had, mean yesterday? I, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> I had these gigantic glasses and this really fucked up hair and, you know, no direction. Uh-huh. You know, until some drill sergeant started yelling at me X amount of years later. So if I go to a Judas yeah. Priest show, I, I'm transported back in time to that. To me, me? To me, it would be, oh. yeah. To me, to that's, you know, that, you know, hell bent for, and it's just, it's so many of these songs. You know, Power Slave and, and you know, Screaming for Vengeance. And, oh, all right. Uh, you know, and I think, what's the song that starts with, Whiskey Woman, don't you know that you are driving me insane? It's just you know, and I'll, yeah, you know what, Adam? Let's just let's just try to. Okay. You, you know, we'll we will never we're never never gonna end on this one. This dude, this is again Judas Priest. Thank you so much. Thank you for some great music, and this was this week's significant album. Woo! Stop me, Adam. Man, significant I can't. album. I was, There's no stopping you on that one. I was half asleep, dude, when, I, when this it just it woke me up, dude. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Happy birthday, Adam. Born on this day, brother. Who is it? Who could have this be? It's Richie Blackmore, Richie Blackmore. Baby, That's right. Wow. Richie Blackmore. And we played Deep Purple earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he kinda, he's kind of bookending our music. Born April the 14th, 1945. And this is Long Live Rock and Roll. And you know who's singing on this one, baby? Who is it? Who could this it be? This is none other than Ronnie James Oh, Dio. my God. That's right. And moving on, brother. What an embarrassment of riches with all these great oh. singers we're talking about. Man, I'm st- i got to catch my breath. <laughs> Adam. With the you gun. My hero! <laughs> this is the best part. This is the, Wait, hold this on, is, here we go. <laughs> Happy birthday, O'Neill. April the 12th, May. He's 75 years old, man. Oh, That's man. one of your favorite shows of all time. I love it? You that bring it show, up a lot. man. I love that show, man. Our general Sammy Rodriguez loved that show. Too. As a matter of fact, he reminded me this week it was Ed O'Neill's birthday. He sent me a note through WhatsApp. I said, "Oh, I gotta, I oh, gotta, 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 I gotta throw that in there." Because to be honest with you, there was no other. I think it was like, uh, what's the guy Weinberg, the guy from the E Street Band? <laughs> he was the oh, other Max Weinberg. Yeah, that guy, the drummer, <laughs> the drummer. I yeah. think it was the other notable significant birthday. But uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, Ed O'Neill, man, played a working man hero. There's some people call him an idiot or a buffoon. I call him a working man hero. Al Bundy. 
on TV as Married with Children. He also played uh, what was it? Uh, Jay Pinchett on the uh, on, Pickett. Uh, How do you pronounce that? Modern Family. Pinchett. Yeah, Modern Family. He's quite he, a gig. He got to pretend he was married to Sophia Vergara. Check this out, man. Check this out. He briefly worked as social studies teacher before pursuing acting. He's a, he was a martial arts black belt dude. Really? Yep, and it's most uh, almost a professional. He was almost uh, a football player, yeah, right? Yeah, professional football player. Yeah, he got kicked out of training camp. So, yep, he played the husband roles to opposite uh, Katie Segal and Sofia Vergara. Not bad. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about right there. Flugencio. <laughs> He's the dad of Flugencio. I was like, yeah. And uh, one of my favorite, uh, Adam, Al Bundy quotes, okay? Okay. And it's going to be a perfect segue. If Jay was here tonight, he would say, what a perfect segue, Dad. Okay. Here it is. Hooters, Hooters, yum, yum, yum. (laughs) Hooters, Hooters on a girl that's dumb. (laughs) It's the Tanya and Adam Marketing Podcast. Birthday number three. Oh, my God. How dare he? <laughs> oh, I don't man. know. Oh my gosh! Let me get the Adam, app open. Let me let me get the app. Wow! Also. I just I need to. That's, that's poetry. Uh, I, that's our first <laughs> bit of poetry I think we've had on the on the show. Hooters, Hooters, yum yum yum. <laughs> oh, oh, it's gonna start early today, Adam. <laughs> right into it, baby. It's loading. It's loading. I wonder what uh. I wonder what we got this week. Oh, here we go, Adam. It's coming up. I it's, see it. It is there, yes. <laughs> yum, yum, yum is right. Okay. Oh, what do we got there, Adam? I, I've pulled up uh, Sophia Beverly, and that's oh. S-O-F-I-A underscore B-E-V-A. R L Y. Oh, I got it right now, dude. She you just popped up. Yes, she did. Comedian Adam. Comedian? That's what it this says. This is here. our first comedian. This on is the our third first birthday. comedian on third birthday. That's right. Yeah. Check her also, out. Also, it says lover of animals. Oh man, I love that. And she has bang energy. <laughs> oh no. That's she, the drink. She, oh, she endorses, <laughs> apparently. How dare bang you? Bang energy. Elite. <laughs> she she has many, many followers. <laughs> It's still gone. <laughs> she has 1.5 million. Ah, oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Followers. This, wait a minute. This Agent X3 is. Yep. Yeah, it is. It was Agent. It was Agent X3 who said this one. Gosito's taking a risk this week. I guess he made too many videos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what do we have oh, to see wow. here? Let me see. Also. Oh, so she's taking the Bang Energy drink. Okay, she's doing laundry. Okay, man, how many There's posts does she have? Six hundred eleven. Six hundred eleven posts. She's doing. Oh wow. She has all the energy from the Bang Energy drink. Mm, that's what I'm. That she's able about. to. Oh, she's exercising by leaning on the counter. She's doing laundry. She's doing dishes. Oh man, this is gonna be difficult to this pull is good a few energy. out of this one. This is good energy. Oh so Jesus. And she's a comedian. I know. I, would, I I I I think I'd laugh, I'd cry, I'd do everything in one of these shows. I mean, how did, wait a minute, I have no information on her whatsoever. Agent X3, you got distracted, now you distracted me. She's a comedian that mm-hmm. exercises. Yes. She, she likes the beach. She likes the beach. Oh wow, this is difficult to p- pull up one right now, Adam. I just can't pull up one. There's so many of them. What type of uh, image what, are you what looking do you want, for? What do you want to do? 
Well, uh, let's see. Let me look at the array of, of photos on my app. Okay. Oh, there's one in a pink dress. Okay. If you see it, All it's right. probably oh, the 20th post around there. Around there. And that's from top to bottom, right? Yeah. She's. Oh, I see it. I see it, Adam. Here you we see go. That angle? That's right. That's, yeah. That's really nice. Oh, and she is feeling peachy, Adam. She has very, very pink, very oh. short skirt to that one. Yes. And her, she has a lovely skin tone. She spends a lot of time out in the sun. Wow. She's... She has a nice little walkway, a path with the picket fences oh. there. A nice, she's actually in a nice shady area right oh. there. It's really good. She's feeling peachy. Oh, I see that. My birthday. Uh, yep, I see that too. <laughs> it was on that one, Adam. <laughs> it's getting there. Okay, let me what? pick one. Okay, I'm going to pick one that's just three, two past that one where she's on the beach. Two past it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, and she says you're kissed by the sun. I'm waiting for some kind of a jokes or something, Adam. Oh. And I guess I, I think comedian what, is what the, threw me off. Where does the comedy come in? I, I don't know. I think the comedian part is what threw me off here. Hold up, man. Let me look. Okay. So this one says kiss by the sun. Uh-huh. And somebody that she tagged is one on swimwear. I guess that's who she's a plugging. One one swimwear. Oh, that's a one one? That probably features... They feature that string bikini that she's wearing oh, right there. Oh, wow. That's, no, look at that. And there's a second picture to that one, too. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah. Oh, she's very happy. Oh, yeah. She's being kissed by she's the sun. Maybe Shoot. she sees somebody down the beach that she's getting ready to embrace. She, you know, I think she just wants to embrace the sun because she says kissed uh, by the sun. Okay. Or she's maybe kissed by the sun of somebody she knows. <laughs> I, would, maybe. I wouldn't know that. Let me, let's keep going down. Let's go down. Oh, there's let's another... Two down from there. Two is down from string there. Bikini. Oh, there's a string bikini. Let's yeah. see if it's the same company. Are you living your dream? She asked. Uh, right now, I'm in a dream. <laughs> 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 Let's let me find. She one. spends a lot of beach time. There's not I a lot of know, There's not I a lot know. of the nightlife let ones just, that we like. So just bad. keep going down because I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find one where. Maybe this one is, uh, she is, she, there's one, I don't want to say, I want to say ooh, a little bit more, I would say about 20, 20 after that, Adam, oh. that she's like in a shooting range or where is she? Let's see. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a garage. Oh, I think I see it. And she is there. An is, angel. She in like a, is she in like a black uh, skin tight suit, long sleeves? Oh, no, that's not. Yes, yes, I saw that. So it's the same parking garage, yes. Oh, but a different No, picture. no, but uh, she has a going out uh, purse there. What kind of, this is not a night dress or a or a nightlife kind of guy. So let me see what she says here. You, oh, I see her. When you can't decide what to wear. Oh, I get it. Oh. <laughs> so you just throw on a onesie and call it a day. That's very, uh, yeah. That's not that's that's very useful. That's not even like stuck up or nothing. No, that's really cool. Okay, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Yeah, I'm getting it. Okay, now keep going down. There's another one from the garage, maybe about nine or eight after that one. Where she's in the tan outfit. Yeah, she looks like she's a Jedi. Let's see if that's like she's gonna cost. It looks like she's got like a burlap sack over her and like a a leather belt around the midsection. Yeah, she's doing Ray from uh, from Star Wars. I think, but no, she's not. Some something about uh, and there's a second picture where she gives you like the profile shot, the side Mm. shot. This is, you know, kind of the perfect. Oh, okay, here's one that she's kicked back in no bikini or nothing. Whoa. So it's where, about, where, yeah. I mean, where's that one at? She, she has like this little hat 
and she's drinking coffee. And it says, how do you take your coffee? Mm, I don't know. How do you take your coffee, Adam? <laughs> 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 oh, I see. Oh, yeah. My. Uh, well, she's she definitely likes coffee, and she likes the bang energy drink. You think she mixed it up on that one? I think, you know, personally, I she, think that's a very cute outfit, very casual. Mm-hmm. You know, the hat, very cool. Kind of like a, you know, a, a, a 1990s kind of Joe Perry look, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how we're going to classify these ladies? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got associated with some rock and roll. Oh. So, you, know, I don't, you know. Oh, she's, yeah, she's doing a commercial for Bang. Yeah, it's all it's all about the but Bang. But she's not, yeah. She's, well, this is, this is for the Bang energy. She's in Bang. You know, banging the guy upside the head is what I mean. Yeah. Anything, anywhere in here where she's, like, going out on the town. Yeah, and she's not, like, doing stand-up. So what kind of comedian is she? Yeah, she smiles a lot, but yeah. that doesn't make me laugh. She, you think she'd have, like, where she's talking to the... She she could give me like a thirty second joke in, in a little video, couldn't she? Yeah, uh, yeah. Now here's the deal. Like, there's about ten after that when she's in a commercial. Let's look at this one. A commercial. She is in like in a pink, uh, swimsuit, and it's gonna be uh, she's sideways on the uh, on the thumbnail. So, mm. and it says, "Come away with me," and she's looking very beautiful. Oh, and that side shot, Adam. Mm-hmm. I think those are naturales. Big boobs. <laughs> Is it this one? No. Oh. Let me see. Let me see. It's uh, there's a few after that. You you have to come. You, this one you gotta see. You gotta see this. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> What's she saying there? <laughs> okay. Oh, oh no no no. I also have a pro- profile. She's sideways. Yes. And you could actually uh, observe. Hey, she's five two. Oh, she is. Like oh, like so Liberace was singing about. <laughs> this might she. <laughs> this might be the bird. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm not finding the sideways shot. Where am I? Yes. At? Well, see, her bikini. Unfortunately, whoever wardrobe was kind of missed her size on the top part. Uh-huh. Oh, is this the commercial you're talking let about? Let me see. Let me see. It's this. There's another one. There's a. There's another. You gotta look oh, at this. Oh, she's with. A, a, they're kind of. She has like a leather skirt on. Oh, look. Guitar playing. Oh, I'm going to have to find that one. Oh, okay. Anyway, Adam, the one I was telling you about, you could actually tell her that she is all natural. I don't believe there's any uh, plastic parts here at all. And how can how could a girl that looks like that be funny? I don't get it. I'd be distracted. I wouldn't get the jokes. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing her at all. You know, I could, you know. I would, and well, de- and de- obviously. And depends where I'm sitting, Adam. You know what? I'm going to have to talk to Agent X3 because this one just cap- absolutely confused the hell out of me. <laughs> so it was still nice, though, Adam. This was so. his comeback effort? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I don't know. Was, yeah, that, she, she had one of those, but not like the ones we... I think it was those big girls from last week threw us off. <laughs> Without a doubt, our worst third birthday. <laughs> I kept looking for something. <laughs> I found something. Go. Hashtag, where are you? Hashtag. What the fuck? Nice pictures, though. Yeah, lovely. Beautiful. Just lovely. No, and and no, always, no always in a scenic area at a beach. Always 
lovely uh, tan. Yeah, and 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 oh yeah, and as and as Al Bundy would say, she has some big yum yums. <laughs> yeah, yum yum. <laughs> Tommy, this is what the frijoles, but you know we know what we know what happens here. Yes, we're going to talk about penis fencing. Oh. Please, please. Do you don't know about penis please fencing? Please don't tell me it's in Asia. Do you know, do you know about this? <laughs> Whatever you do, don't say it's in oh Asia. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, listen, sicko. <laughs> penis fencing is a mating behavior engaged in by many species of flatworm. <laughs> species which engage in the practice are hermaphrodites. Each individual has both egg-producing ovaries and sperm-producing testes. Wow. One, one, via, one, one animal. One animal has yes. has, has the equipment both. has the equipment to shig yes. a bang bang. The flatworms fence quotes using extendable two headed dagger like stylets. <laughs> These stylets are pointed and in some species hooked in order to pierce their mate's epidermis and inject sperm into them. In an act known as intradermal hypodermic insemination oh or trum or traumatic insemination. Oh my god. There's two <laughs> there's two types of transfer. There's unilateral sperm transfer. That's where one organism will inseminate the other with the inseminating individual acting as the father. Let me pay attention. You the sperm is absorbed through pores or sometimes wounds in the skin from the partner's stylet, okay. causing fertilization in the other who becomes the mother. The battle may last for up to an hour in some species. Is that because they're trying to decide what they're going to be doing? Well? <laughs> is that the fencing part? Yeah, yeah, that's the fencing. This is necessary for offspring production. And oh, wow. It, and uh, the motherhood part of it requires a considerable parental investment in time and energy because you got to carry the youth, the well, young. For how long? I don't know. Um, no. and, it, and it always causes an extra burden to the mother. Thus, from an optimal optimality model it is usually preferable for an organism to inseminate than be inseminated. <laughs> That's why the struggle is so long. <laughs> I don't want to be the mother. Insemina <laughs> inseminated and long. That's just that's just awesome. Then there's also bilateral sperm transfer. Wow. Many hermaphroditic species mutually inseminate or trade sperm rather than compete. The tiger flatworm also transfer sperm bilaterally. Where, where, does, other it species, what country, does it say what country this is? Other species will alternate which partners uh, transfers sperm, engaging in multiple bouts of fencing with the same partner over time. Now, these, these occur in many places. They occur in salt water. They occur in fresh water. They're like a little sea-going species. Oh, wow. That's... I guess they also appear in people's guts as like, you know, tapeworms and oh, things. Oh, my but... God. That is our What the Frijol is for this week. <laughs> Penis fencing. Thank God, because I blew my <laughs> I blew the, all the rest of my energy on Judas Priest. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Sound. Of the week, you, you know we are going to hell. Just <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about flatworms. We're talking about this is nature. Uh, Tommy, we got a couple of new music alerts. Excellent. You know, uh, this is a band 
right here. Uh, we got new stuff from Greta Van Fleet. Oh, yeah, the yeah, full yeah, album yeah, is yeah. out this week, The Battle at Garden's Gate. That's out very now. Cool. This is My Way Soon from Greta. I can dig Greta. I really can. And that's their signature sound, dude, right there. Yeah, I know. I, I enjoy it. And kind of has a distinctive vocalist, too. Oh, yeah. That, that sound in his voice. But that is new out for us to enjoy, to partake in, whenever we wish to encounter Very cool. It. We also have some other new things that came out this week. There was a collaboration this week. I think I know that one. Did you see it? We had a... Uh, Long time rocker, maybe the front man of front men of all time, Mick Jagger. Mr. S I know, sir, sir, Mick Jagger. <laughs> Is he yes. a sir? He's a sir. Mick Jagger. And he teamed up with a guy, Dave Grohl. Who we love so much. Who is uh, just everything rock and roll to That's us. That's right. And they have a song that they put out. Easy Sleazy. It was about the pandemic, about, wasn't it? About living through the pandemic for the yeah. last year. Everything you got to put up with. I read about it. I didn't hear it. Dave Grohl did all the extra parts. I was hoping that you would bring that up. Very cool. It has, I think it has to be the coolest thing to be Dave Grohl. Yeah, I know. I don't know what it is, but yeah. You get like rock royalty calling you up saying, I got an idea for a song, let's put it together. And you just and it and the video of this shows them kind of like how they everybody does everything, kind of zoom, where uh, Dave Grohl's doing the drum bass main guitar work. Wow. And you got Mick over there on the other side with just a microphone and a rhythm guitar. Yeah. And turns out to have this fun little ditty. Very cool. Yep. So we've got that, and then we have well, we have another, we have a mashup. Oh, not, not another one. Do you, like, do you like a mashup? Sure. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you're gonna like this one. Okay, but uh, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, obviously, Van Halen's Panama. I could dig it. And we're gonna mash that up with something that tends to get mashed quite a bit. All right. <laughs> so Metallica is. <laughs> Not Enter Sandman again. <laughs> Enter Sandman. It's like the choice to mash with is always Enter Sandman. <laughs> now this I, is now this is all well and good. I'm gonna pause it. Go ahead. <laughs> and I'm going to try to advance it. Okay. If I can. This is very All delicate, right. very delicate operation here. And I Go ahead and narrate it. Go ahead and narrate it so we have no dead space. <laughs> okay. Well, this what they've done is they've uh they mashed it up and then they have this the portion where you know it slows down and Dave reaches down in between his legs and eases the seat back. The seat All back yes. All right. They kind of mashed that part up too. For this version, and we're getting to it. The solo okay, is going to come good, down. Good, good, 
and I think it works together pretty well. Very cool. Before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. Excellent. <laughs> Adam. And that's our sound. Adam, that was absolute. You know, a sound of the week without farts, man. That's you know, this is this is a first that I love. It's the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Sound of the week. My Lord. That is incredible. That was pretty that good. That's pretty good. I like how they mashed that up. It, it, it seemed like it yeah. fit together just right. I thought so, man. It was like, what the hell? You know, you it, could almost listen to it. Well, the na- the, the, <laughs> the narrative, yeah. Was, <laughs> well, I don't want to. Let's not let's not go that far. <laughs> it's the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Mora Pocaria of the week. Adam, Tommy, what do we got this week? Yeah, I got the motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think you should have had the motherfucker. I'm I'm laid back right now. When I was standing up and grabbing the mic, now I'm just kicked back. And, oh, okay. It's a, re- I, it's a relaxed. I need a so it's kind of yeah, yeah. It okay. Is, it is, so yeah. All right, I like that. Adam, a few episodes ago, we mentioned the great, and I'm throwing up air quotes, right? Okay. Public service that the cancel culture mm-hmm. is doing to sanitize our society. Oh, it's eliminating a bunch of phrases and things that used to exist as we would all understand what they mean, but now these things are offensive to a small portion of the population, therefore they must be eliminated. Yes, they're cleaning it up, society, that is. Got it. Uh, From what they, whomever the hell they is, right, Mm -hmm. consider garbage. Kind of like our podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Have we been canceled? <laughs> even, even though I beg to differ because, you know, Adam, we still have our First Amendment rights, buddy. Oh, yeah. At least here for in, now. in America. Yeah, for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in that episode's motherfucker, right? Uh-huh. One of the things we covered were in danger vernacular and phrases and phrases, whatnot, sure. right? There's a shit ton of them. You know, we mentioned maybe 20, 25 of them. I think we screwed up last week and mentioned ping pong. <laughs> Oh yeah, we were so, and you said something about racist font and lyrics. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's probably cancel culture's probably behind that. Right. So go back and listen to that if you want. You know, we won't we won't bore you no more with that. Now, Adam. Okay. We're not closed-minded, fanatical, brainwashed, ultra conservatives or uber liberal. Neither one. We're none of that stuff. You know? Neither one of those. Just who listen exclusively to their to C- their CNBC, their one-sided or media. Yes, that's it. There's no. We, we don't do that. We screw around and offend everybody. That's the way that's, we do it. That's the attempt. Right. We enjoy <laughs> provoking thought. Really, is what is not offended. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> Did you misread that or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> Provoking thought. Yeah, that's, my, all, that's my intent. We, we also see some value <laughs> to some ideas that are out there, Adam, you know, oh. kooky as they may be. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, for example, to include everyone, that initiative. You know, just last week we went to, what was it, Curvy Power? <laughs> something like that. and That was totally out of the ballpark. Yes. That, that was out of our regular scope. 
That's right. It was way out of the bounds, and I don't know about you, but I loved it. We, it, was, we, it was totally enjoyable. We enjoyed uh, of a group that is what is called what body shaming. I, I they had nothing to be ashamed of. No, I think a Gosito did a great job last week. Did a better job than the Agent X did this week. <laughs> so you know, so so you know, we we I I think we're open minded enough to consider ourselves. That we consider some of these these ideas that these fools come up with, you know, we consider them. We don't shut them out completely. No, there's no reason you to know. take an idea and just totally squash it, you know, out of hand. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's yeah. listen to it, yeah. you know, because on the conservative side, it's conservatives keep it the same. Don't change. That's usually their yeah. That's their usually the goal. Thing. Yeah. Liberal is just to go ahead and blast key, it to hell. The change. key. The key word is change. Yeah. Change. Nothing is good. We must change everything. everything. <laughs> we must change it all. Yeah. And don't offend while you're at it. You know, because uh-huh. that's a bad thing. So okay. Another thing we briefly touched on in that one episode, Adam, was cartoons that were endangered. Pew. And yes, the right to be erased. Yeah. One of our favorites. And, and this motherfucker, Adam. Yes. All right. We're gonna briefly uh, cover. Uh, some of the cartoons that may be extinct or even worse. Oh, this is valuable work. Yes. yes. Or reprogrammed. Yes. <laughs> That's bad. Re- being reprogrammed is a different thing. That sounds like commie stuff right there. Yeah. I, and, I, I uh, like the sound of that. Just to show how open-minded we are, Adam, mm-hmm. we'll analyze them to see what influence, horror, or trauma they may have caused during our entire lives, you and I, Adam. Okay. Because we're really not that far apart. Ten years, of cartoon-wise, is nothing. Not really. Right? Sure. You know, look, you know, it's... it's The most of the ones that I liked are the older cartoons, so That's ones right. that you probably enjoyed yes. in your youth. That's right. So to help me out, Adam, uh, you may want to punch up a few just to be able to describe... To look at them? Yes, okay. just so you'll know. So so people who are listening to this All of right. the younger crowd... I'll get my device uh, here. Yes. I got it. Okay. Which in one? The, which one are we going to first? Popeye the Sailor Man. Popeye the Sailor Do Man. Do you know who Popeye the Sailor Man? He's is strong Adam? to the finish because he eats his spinach. <laughs> He's Popeye the Sailor Man. He's so, in love with a very not third birthday worthy olive oil. <laughs> who is? Who is? Uh, I don't know why she's so fetching, but uh, Brutus has a thing for her as well. You, you've already, you've already covered this one. <laughs> it traumatized you too much. Now you could have a bit of body shaming because he has very little bicep and huge forearms. So he's he's he very misproportioned. He could have gotten the COVID shot like I did. It went down between my forearms. And look at his you know? leg length. His leg length is very short. <laughs> He's like an ape. <laughs> anyway, spinach immediately came up, right? Spinach, sure. And when you think about spinach, what do you think about? Uh, if, I only think if, about Popeye the Sailor Man. That's right. And what happens when you eat spinach? Uh, you supposedly get stronger. Well, that's what happened to Popeye anyway. And you're supposed to instantaneously... I vomit. Uh, li- <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten those in cheese and cheese ball dips. I mean, <laughs> oh, so, if, they, if you hide it in enough cheese, it's, it's edible. <laughs> so when you take that spinach, you immediately want to lift entire sea vessels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what traumatized me. I mean, cancel culture needs to go ahead and look at that and say, you know what? It's not Popeye. It's spinach. This is the first case of uh, supplements. You know how weightlifters <laughs> use supplements? Uh, yeah. 
Popeye couldn't do shit until he opened that can of spinach and he and he does that arching thing where he arches it into his mouth and then he's a Superman. This is the the benefit of vitamin and supplements. This this should be like on a poster board somewhere. Amongst, amongst the other stuff that Popeye uh, uh, went ahead and traumatized us with. Oh, was, he smoked. Uh, he has a pipe in there. He has a pipe. You know that. But that's not that, that's the obvious and, stuff. And his chin looks like an ass. <laughs> if, you, if you look at it just right. <laughs> but, but Popeye also taught us not to trust skinny chicks there. And there uh. <laughs> she kept, she kept getting them into trouble all the time. Especially ones called olive oil. Olive oil. Yeah, don't lend money to buddies so they can go ahead and eat a hamburger. <laughs> Every Tuesday, you'll be broke as a motherfucker with no... <laughs> <laughs> with this guy nowhere, nowhere to be found so it's traumatized us oh my god i'm dying adam and it was probably the first like uh cartoon version of a tattoo of the tattoo <laughs> yes, culture yes, because yes. of the anchors that he has on his uh, forearms oh he traumatized me so bad because i have five or six tattoos <laughs> <laughs> i'm so trying i'm a dysfunctional adult <laughs> next one adam scooby-doo oh scooby-doo beloved scooby-doo Okay. Now you must be thinking, why would cancel culture want to target Scooby Doo? Uh, he's just a uh, lovable Great Dane who enjoyed eating mostly. They always look for the food. Him and Shaggy, mm-hmm. Scooby Snacks. Those are always fun. Yes. How many episodes, Adam? Mm-hmm. In all its variants, do you think uh, there is of Scooby? Oh, in all of its like. History? Uh, I would say it's a shit ton of them. This I would say three hundred. Yeah, it's too many to count. Innumerable. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, how many fake monsters or ghosts do you think that they've unmasked? Um. In every well, well they're and always every fake. Fr- they're always and, fake. And every freaking episode, Adam. Yeah, they're always fake. So, so why would they be scared to the next one? Don't you think, Adam? Yeah. That they would be prepared by then? Don't you think uh. that? Here, like, but you never know. This might be the time with this. Your sub- repetition builds skill. So you think he should be fearless, having gone into yes. n- all these numerous yes. situations where he is told of this ghostly tale. Yes. And he sees what he believes to be the apparition, and he ultimately becomes unmasked and is just a non-threatening dude. Does it? <laughs> Damn kids trying to get off my property. Does it also teach that hippies and Great Danes are dumb? I don't know. I, it, it I don't know what's going does. on with this. You know what I'm saying? Also, what should be canceled is friggin' Scrappy-Doo, that little, <laughs> that little shit. It should have never came on. Yeah. You know, and here's another thing that I, that I want them to look at really closely. Uh-huh. Let me ask you this, Adam. Mm-hmm. In all seriousness. Let no, me ask no you jo- this. No joking. No joking on this one. Okay. How the hell do the heart right? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, that's for third birthday. <laughs> I think there's some Shikabang movies like that. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, how the hell do the Harlem Globetrotters come on Scooby Doo when there's no when there's no African Americans in the cast? Explain hmm. that to me. Hmm. Does Scooby Doo pass as the black dude? Of it? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Does there have to be? Yes, of course there has to be. It's equal opportunity, affirmative action stuff, dude. I mean, the, the, the Harlem Globetrotters, they're world famous. They're Globetrotters. I'm just... <laughs> doesn't matter. They're eventually going to get around, and then they're going to run into scooby It Scooby-Doo. doesn't matter. I think the cancel culture, instead of canceling them, they may want to go ahead and draw you know, somebody Didn't in Didn't the Harlem Globetrotters also end up on Gilligan's Island? They did as well. Yeah. <laughs> well oh, no, that's true. There's, there's that's no a, white, there's yeah, no blacks s- there either. Some, in, the, in, another, in a future episode, we'll be visiting sitcoms. <laughs> 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 Let's
let's get LeBron James on this immediately because he, <laughs> <laughs> he had something to do allegedly with I want get- the story about the Washington Generals, <laughs> the team that played the Harlem Globetrotters every night. Uh, they were white guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they're going to lose. That's just a you. They're going to lose. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Fat Albert. Hey, the next, hey, hey. It's the next one. Oh, there. It's oh. time to play. Now, if there's any cartoon that cancel culture uh-huh. needs to tackle Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's this one. He's known as Fat. That, Albert. This, I mean, it's in the name. And you know, and this and this show is not because, you know, it's 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 voiced by Bill Cosby. Yeah, you know, not because of that or stereotyping a bunch of minorities. Oh. Because it shows a bunch of a bunch of kids in the inner cities doing, you know, la- being lazy and whatnot. I don't think they should they should uh they should look at that. They need to be looking at the title of why they call this guy Fat Albert. Don't you think that's mean? Uh, at, for for today's standard, did you look at the image? <laughs> yes, I did. I mean, <laughs> but for today's for today's uh, now you imagine today's practice of erasing the past. Don't you think that's mean? Imagine though, this is the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. In the seventies. So that's not far away from uh, Woodstock. Remember, was Wood- it? Do you remember no. Woodstock? Yes. All of those people were skinny as rails. <laughs> All of them. And then this guy shows up just a couple years later. That's fat. <laughs> that is fat. That's the definition of fat. But you know, but you're okay. And but, today's, okay. Today's, today's culture, culture you're not supposed to call him fat. What would you call him? Heavy, uh, heavy yeah, Albert. Yeah, no. <laughs> generous, listen, generous proportion. Listen to this. Christopher George Latore Wallace, aka Big Papa, wasn't oh, called oh, Biggie. Wasn't called Fatty Smalls. He was called Biggie. Big. Oh, so Big he could, Albert. He could have been Big Albert. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about the guy with the, the stocking cap pulled down over his eyes, but his eyes have holes? <laughs> That's another what's thing. His, what's that guy's name? That guy was that James Mush. Mush Mouth. Mush That's right. He couldn't, he couldn't speak right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a little there's and a those are, problems then, Those are the names, dude. I'm telling you right now. Those names. And then Dumb, Dumb Donald Parker was the other one, too. Wow. And Weird Harold. You know, come on. Well, How about you know, so uh, socially challenged Harold? I don't know. Yeah. You know, come on, dude. Yeah, we couldn't do Fat Albert anymore. <laughs> but I, you know, what I think I don't do. Hmm. I think cancel culture won't uh, tackle Fat Albert because they're afraid of BLM. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're probably right. <laughs> the Flintstones. Oh. We're moving on. What could possibly be the problem with the Flintstones? Now, you know what the problem with the Flintstones is? How Barney could get that piece of ass like uh, Betty Rubble? It taught us that dinosaurs were meant to be put to hard labor. It's animal abuse. Oh, animal. it's animal abuse. Oh, oh yeah. Every, every To give any functioning uh, convenience... It's always an animal. The record player, you got to grab the bird by the neck. The beak. And put the beak down on the record. <laughs> and the record was, and a, the, was a chunk of stone. And the washing machine, or like you wash your car, you're pulling like the trunk off that uh, pachyderm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> I need Animal a, abuse, I, top I, to bottom. I don't, this is how this travels. And it starts with... Uh, uh, he slides down the tail, you know, and he grabs the the tail of the bird, of the, bird, the parrot, yeah, and he, he yanks on it until that thing screams. So, so, here's, so here's this is what happened. This is how traumatizing this was to me. Wow. These past three or four weeks, when I've been working on my yard, I've been thinking that I need a brontosaurus <laughs> <laughs> to move those rocks at him, so you can surf down its back and grab that bird. <laughs> another thing, you know what? Another thing it it, uh, it taught you. Hmm, what's that? 
to come up with schemes to get out of shit. Oh, Fred, they were always, Fred and Barney. They were always working on something. <laughs> Even though they? he was bad at it. <laughs> Still, I mean, you can imagine if you develop that skill, that's not honest. So it's also showing dishonesty. That's true. You know what's the worst thing about this show? It's the unreality of things. You know what I used to think? I used to think that babies just showed up anywhere. They slept in separate beds, but there was this one episode where Wilma was all of a sudden pregnant. This week, oh, she's, she oh. was she was skinny, and she was in top shape. The following week, was she's going to have pebbles. Was there an image of a pregnant Wilma? Yeah, yeah. Well, she, really? well it was the image wasn't really... It was like a... Like I thought a, the like, stork... Did the stork come? Like a maternity uh, kind of... A, oh. it, the stork came, but they still had to haul ass to the hospital for some reason. Uh. And, you know, and they slept in separate man. so I just don't know. Well, that was uh, that was of the time. You know. <laughs> it's prehistoric, you know. It's like, what the hell is going on? Anyway, uh, I'm just saying, Adam, that we were traumatized by all this. This criminal the, abuse. You're I right. have no idea how we survived up to this point, Adam. I just, <laughs> I have no fucking idea. It's the Tommy Adam Hardening Podcast. More of the week. Wow. Uh, cancel well, I, culture. Until you pointed it out, get, I didn't really see all of those things. Get right on it. <laughs> <laughs> you you were you were traumatized and didn't even know it. I know. <laughs> Maybe I need some compensation. I need to talk to Hanna Barbera. Fatty <laughs> Fatty Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well, the God. fat boys were fat, so yeah. <laughs> they probably yeah. whoever named them was watching Fat Albert. I guess it's okay if you if you claim that name. You right? think so? Fat boys. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Maybe so, Fat yeah. Albert wanted to be called Fat Albert. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they were from Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, were they? <laughs> oh, here we go, man. Good times, bad times. Good times, bad times. Give me some bad times, Adam. Don't, well, but don't make the uh, don't the, don't make cancel culture any worse, right? In now. the news this week, um, they're, they're afraid of BLM. <laughs> <laughs> In the news this week from Austria, Austrian man Go ahead. is accused of deliberately breaking wind in the direction of a police officer reportedly argued I that knew, he I know fire was coming. He argued that the alleged gas attack was a legal act of self-expression. <laughs> the incident occurred last summer when police oh, approached oh the defendant God. on a park bench and asked him and his friends for identification. Court reports claim that the unidentified man broke wind, then lifted his buttocks and tensed up a little before letting the intestinal gas escape. The defendant cracked a grin at the officers, police claimed, uh, citing a report in German language uh, publication Der Standard. Uh, it reports that the 22-year-old defendant's argument did not pass muster with the judge, who rules that a fart lacks communicative content. <laughs> and find him $138. Adam, I think that's bullshit because <laughs> it, it, it does not lack community. It If you hear a fart, you're running. <laughs> so that it, it's talking to you and say, hey, yo, dude, you're run, get the hell out of here. You're about to get stunk up. <laughs> the defendant who claimed he did not wantonly target the officer <laughs> with the discharge. <laughs> Had initially been assessed a six hundred and eighty-nine dollar ticket, and he had no prior oh farting my gosh, offenses. That is absolutely nuts. <laughs> That's actually good times. He got fined though. Oh my gosh! Anyway, Adam, I got some good times, man. Oh good. We've been talking about this COVID stuff. Tours are coming back on. 
and Foreigner announces the expanded 2021 summer tour dates. And guess what, Adam? Oh, really? Where are they going to be? Where, Adam? Here in our backyard. In, in our locality? Park City. That's right. Oh, at the Little Hartman Arena. They will be at the Hartman. Exactly. Wow, that's, that's exciting. Right. Lou Graham will be there fronting the... No, no. <laughs> that will not be happening. Okay. No, it, won't be, it will not be Lou Graham. It'll be but, a version uh, of Foreigner. Yeah, I, I've seen this version. They're pretty good. I, I mean, to be honest with you, when you're that hard up for uh, for some live rock music, why not, man? You know what I'm saying? I think it was like... Uh, when are they coming to town? I think it's 35 bucks a ticket, man. For the Hartman, yeah. It's not bad. I, You know, we, we did... Did we pay for uh, George Michael? George Brett. George Brett. For Brett Michaels. <laughs> Adam, that's the good. That's the good. When are, when are they coming? That's the good That's the good news. When are they coming? They are coming August. I'm, I'm looking at it. So it'll be August, so we'll be hot-blooded. <laughs> yes, it'll be, but we'll be in the Hartman, so we hopefully they're... Uh, if, they August, come, if they come in the wintertime, it'll August, be August cold is, as ice. Oh, you suck. <laughs> uh, you have just fucked up <laughs> the, good, the good times and bad times. Good times, bad times. <laughs> Between my Betty and the Jets. <laughs> Between my Betty and the Jets and this stupid motherfucker that I just did. No, that was good. You pointed out some really key things, like the animal abuse. I never really saw it as you animal never abuse. Saw that. Well, no, they, you were traumatized. That's why you just don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we start our uh, our outro, okay. Again, dedicated to you, my friend. <laughs> Settle down, class. It's this week's rockin' higher education lesson on Led Zeppelin 101 with Professor Adam. Adam. Listen, he even come. He even got the classroom going. Yeah, no kidding. If I would have taken, it would have been better last week because I knew more information last week than I did this week. That's for sure. I just tell you, if I ever took a class like that, I would have gotten A's on that. Oh, A's definitely. And you'd encourage your sister. Hey, we need to get this class together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tom, Tommy, you got anything else? Absolutely not, dude. I'm tired. Oh, yeah. I see it. As always, we want to thank our legion of listeners, our fans, and whoever else subjects themselves to this podcast. We really appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. Keep in mind that life is just not that serious. Again, search for the keywords, the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcast app. RSS podcast, CastBox, and everywhere else. This podcast is on demand and streaming. Activate the notification icon to be notified when we are online and tell a friend or an enemy. I'm Adam Tate. And I am Tommy Martinez. And you were listening. Of the Metal Priest. <laughs> and you were listening to the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast. Remember to always play it often, play it loud, but play it. Today we'll take you out with Great White's Face the Day. Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast is produced by Dadagoa Promotions. Yeah, Wichita, Kansas. Dadagoa Promotion. April 17th, 2021.
Wake me when it's over. Get a job, you bum.